Constantine? Yeah. Okay. Well, spoiler alert. Spoil <laughs> what we're what we're going to be talking about. Well, Jeez. <laughs> if you blindly just click on episodes, then yeah, I can understand you don't know what the hell we're talking about. But the title I of the mean, episode yeah, will be going the movie. To be Constantine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I looked into the character more. Uh, Holy shit! Like he's way more powerful than. This movie even be like this movie doesn't even scratch the well, surface he, he, of his. Yeah, he 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 runs in the same circles as like Satana, Doctor Fate, all them. So, well, no, like a he's <laughs> he's like a next level compared to them, though. I don't know enough about Zantana or Doctor Fate to. I I just know they've all run into well, fucking. I, I know it. I know at one point. Um, I forget what god it is that like gives Doctor Fate his powers. Mm. Like Constantine just straight up fucking kills him one time. The god that gave Doctor yeah. Fate his powers. It sounds about right. I haven't read everything, but I've read a good amount. Like I read the first like I say twelve issues whenever whenever Alan Moore first came up with the character and everything. Mm. I went back and read a bunch of the issues, not for this uh, episode, but previously as yeah. like a, oh what's this about? So I went and bought a bunch of Hellblazer comics and shit like that, but. Yeah, whenever he's the Hellblazer, and then they don't like they get his backstory wrong. Yeah, I don't. I I was trying to think of while I was watching the movie. I was like, did he ever commit suicide in the comics? I don't think so. No, the, they kind of played or they they took part of like your favorite part of the movie of like his lung cancer being cured. Uh-huh. That happens in the comics, but it happens a different way. Okay, like. The devil owns his soul. Okay. But then he makes a I mean, that's kind of what's going on in this movie. He makes he makes a deal with two other like princes of hell mm. that they also have to claim his soul, which would cause like mass chaos mm-hmm. because they all they all have to, they're bound to mm. like fight over his soul. Yeah. And so their only choice is to keep him alive and so they end up having to cure his lung cancer to keep him, keep him alive. alive. Which is kind so of there, what you get in this movie. So there isn't a, a battle royale in hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they don't, like... Obviously, you only have two hours for this right. movie, so you're not right. going to get into all of it. But they do give you a broad strokes of yeah. similar themes. Um, like, he's b- da- battling lung cancer and all that. I'm pretty sure that he never... Um, that you're right, he never commits suicide. No, I don't believe in so. the comics. But the idea the, of Satan owning his soul of, after one committing of the suicide. reasons that he has his powers is because he has demon blood in him. Okay, in the comics, it sounds about right. I haven't read everything, um, but yeah, it sounds about right. He's got like he's got like demon blood and then um, druid blood, mm-hmm. which allows him to like forest walk, so he can like yeah teleport yeah. from tree to yeah. tree. And, and him and uh, Swamp Thing get into it. I have a few of those comics, and they're really fucking fun to watch. Constantine try to bounce off some sort of like witty repartee with him and uh, uh, Swamp Thing, and Swamp Thing is just deadpan response to whatever fucking John Constantine says. It's a... Uh, I wish... Like, okay, okay, we're getting into Constantine, the movie with Keanu Reeves. Like, obviously, there are issues with this fucking whole story. But the broad strokes of it, I really enjoy this movie. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoy this like, movie. Like, there's too. a framework here we could work in and build on if, we, if there was a sequel to this movie. Right, or, I mean, is it too much to hope for that they, they go, okay, well, this, this framework worked well. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, granted, he's aged quite a bit since because it was, what, 2005 that yep. this came out? Yeah. 
So February of 2005, this came out. Oh, well, happy 15th, 16th year anniversary, yeah, Constantine. Yeah, yeah, Congratulations, you now get to get picked apart by two assholes who <laughs> February have very 16th. strong feelings. I wrote down the release date just to make sure, because I remember I was on my last year of high school, I believe, and like it was going out and becoming a man type thing after high school and shit like that. So I, this is one of the movies I saw, because... So uh, throughout my entire childhood, my adolescence, I dealt with fucking... Um, my faith, the battling of my faith, and religiosity, all that. throughout my like many people before me, many people after me have fucking dealt with. Uh, being okay, I'm gonna touch on a few things in my life that happened. I'm not really gonna go into the deep uh, aspects of them. So much, my life, much like this movie, broad strokes, broad strokes. So my life is not the most happiest of lives. So my father passed away when I was two. My mother ended up marrying her second husband. I uh, ended up marrying a guy that used to beat the crap out of her and I. Um, my sister was about one, so we never really touched her or anything. But there's a lot of issues where I have, where I, during my teens, I said, fuck you to God, pretty much. And I was just like, there is no God. I mean, hell, uh, Gabriel says near the end of the movie, if a rapist and a murderer and a child molester can all repent and they're all welcome in the eyes of God, what does it matter? And yeah. that, that's pretty much where I was at for most of my life. Now I'm just more agnostic than anything. I just don't care anymore. Like, I dealt with it my entire, like, adolescence. I just don't give a shit anymore. So, this movie, right when I was about to graduate from high school, hit me like a ton of fucking bricks. Right, because it deals with And my mother, God for the longest time, the was a huge Christian. She's now, uh, like, of a Wiccan faith type thing. But she was huge into the Christian Christianity and all that. So, obviously, that bled over into me. And so, I was constantly wrestling with my faith. Now I just don't care. I have much more pressing issues to deal with. If I had a chance to actually meet God or tell him to go fuck himself, because quite frankly, if I could have a life that I didn't have with, or a past, with my past, I get, I'm trying to succinctly say this, I get how uh, uh, a shitty past can really uh, fortify someone. Um, but I don't want it. I don't like that I have that past. I don't, I don't. Right like the idea that I had to go through all that shit and I'm still dealing with it from time to time, depending on what I'm doing. Like I'm a father of two. That's who my father was whenever he passed away. I'm well past the age of whenever he passed. I think he was like 26 whenever he passed away. I'm now 34. I remember that year. Um, yeah, it was a very fucking stressful year. Not, Cause I had not, two kids at that time. Not, not the year that, that Greg's father died. I am right. not that old. <laughs> right. I'm I'm a year older than Greg. Right. I remember the year that he was the age that his father was, mm -hmm. and it was a very protect Greg against everything. Right. Year. Uh, it was my mother being my mother. Yeah. It was very because I had two kids at the time at the same age as him. Um, I think I was still in college at the time, but you didn't was, drive were, truck. I didn't drive truck. They're very similar things within our two lives, but. Yeah, I, this movie hit me like a ton of bricks, and I really enjoy this movie just because of the nostalgic feeling I feel for this, because of how, how I left the theaters way different than how I felt going into it. Yeah, um, and there's, there's a little bit of, like, I'm going to say I respect Keanu more as an actor now than I did then. Oh, really? Like, I always used to do, like... Whoa. I mean, he was... I mean, he was point break. He was yeah. Bill and Ted. He, he was, was Bill and Ted. He was Point Break. He was just. He this, was the Matrix. He was. He was this okay actor. He was the the SNL uh, 
my name is Keanu <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I Bram mean, Stoker's. Yeah. I mean, Count Dracula, yeah, like yeah. the serial. <laughs> it's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, I just, I wasn't a fan of his. Right. Uh, but now, like, I, the, so this is actually like the fourth or fifth time I've watched this movie this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I like it. Yeah, yeah. It it has a lot to build on. There's a lot of it, like the whole... Well, I'm I'm sorry. This year being the past 12 months, not this year being 2021, because... Oh, yeah. I I understand what you're saying. Right, yeah, the, right. year, this year has just, barely even just, started. Just for, for everybody listening, like... 2020. Like, we're six weeks in and this dude's watched this movie six times? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Uh, but I, I watch it fairly frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's not technically part of the DCEU. Right. And that's why we're doing it. It, it is, is a standalone thing. It is a DC property. It wasn't mm-hmm. even like released through DC comics though. It was, at the beginning through their it vertigo. Was, uh, vertigo. And, yes. Which now, okay. So anybody that doesn't have their finger in the pulse of like comics, they got rid of vertical comics. I'd say about a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, they just didn't see enough money in it, so they just decided to dissolve the imprint that is Vertigo Comics. But they ended up starting up DC Black Label, which is just them right, doing the is, exact same thing, just without the Vertigo title. Right. And, um, so. and people, like, it's where they put all their, basically all of their... Quote-unquote like, adult content. Right, like their their dark version. Yeah, Watchmen of, is under the Vertigo title. Yeah, Um which is now DC Black Label, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, all their like more adult situation type mm. stuff. And I think most of the members of Justice League Dark are I b- I part believe so. of yeah. Black Label. I'm not 100%, now. but yeah. Like, I'm not sure about some of them, but I think most of them are the more like adult or mm. just darker comics in general. Like, Constantine, first off, not a good dude. No, he's a bit of a prick. He will use not, anybody. In not his... a good dude at all. No. Like he will help people only when it serves his own means. Yes. And you get that in that mo- in this movie R- up until the end. Right. Of course. He, he gets he gets the redemption arc. But he, he he's a lot like Captain America where like throughout their entire comic run, mm-hmm. they are the same character. They don't grow and mature and mm-hmm. go Oh, maybe I should do this instead, or like things like that. They're very much just like this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is who I will be forever. Forever. There's no changing it. Whatsoever. There's no. There's no changing or coming to the realization that he needs to to get rid of his bad habits and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, which, I mean, which can be fun, and especially back when the '80s, when this was first introduced, this character was first introduced with the Hellblazer comic was fun. It was a fucking new idea of, like, a character di- diving into the world of, like, uh, religious iconography, fucking uh, demons, angels, all that was just fucking fun. But after a while, it, it does become a one-note character. Right. Um, but he's very much not a one-note character. Like, he has... No. He has a shit ton of powers. Yes. That don't get... Brought they don't up in the really, movie at all. Unless it directly relates to the story at hand, they don't really dab um, in it. Like in the comics, he has a bunch of tattoos all over his body. In this movie, we just see the ones on his forearm. The mark. Uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched the movie. He uses it in the movie. It's called the Mark of Convergence. It's called the Red. 
I wrote it down. Are you sure? I'm. It's called the Perfect Red King tattoo. It's it's uh it's the same tat or uh, same symbol they used in alchemy for the oh. symbol of sulfur. That's what it is. Oh, okay. I looked it up before, like uh, yesterday. I looked it okay. up. Okay. We looked at different sources then, because like two of the sources that I looked at called it the Mark of Convergence. It's which, quite possible. Which I'm not sure if it's because all it is is a flame encased in a circle, encased in a triangle, with right. like arrows pushing out, and all he says is. Uh, come out to the light or whatever the actual chant I, is. I command you to come out into the light yeah, or something yeah. like that. And it's just it's just a chant to bring out whatever's in the person. shadows to come out in the light. Um, but he has the ability, or he, so he basically has Domino's superpower, which, I mean, we're not there yet, but once we get to it, it's not a superpower, but let's just go ahead and agree that it is a superpower. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll we'll just agree that it, no, it's not right. Um, <laughs> but he is he has like uncanny luck. Yes. Um, he's also constantly outmatched by his foes. Mm. Um, but for whatever reason, he always wins. And then one of the people that I that I like got a a rundown of his powers from mm. um, also said that he is faster than the Flash, but not really. Kind of, but kind of, but not. What does that mean? Um, like he doesn't actually move. So, so basically, he can't. He can't move at supersonic speeds like the Flash does. Okay. Um, but fate is somehow tied to Constantine. Yeah. And basically, if fate decides that he needs to be somewhere at a certain time, he will just be there. Okay. So, so blink once ba- and yeah. He- basically, he's across the fucking world. Right. All right. Um, and you get a lot of this, and we'll get to it eventually because it's only one season. He jumps in and out of the Arrowverse. We will eventually get to the uh, Constantine TV series. Right. And nothing um, nothing against Keanu Reeves at this point in my life. I can say that. Nothing against him. Right. He plays he plays it well for the, he does. For the movie that he is in. For early 2000s, it's um, a really good character. It's it's a really good character. It's a, it's a really it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd say really good movie. Right, right. But it's it's definitely like it's better than a popcorn flick. Like, yeah, it's something I'll pop on and just you, be thrilled from yeah, beginning to end. That you that you watch once and then fucking forget about. It's right. not that kind of movie. But Matt Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is his name. Yeah. British actor. Matt Ryan. So fucking good. Unbelievably <laughs> like, good. Like I like you just said, we I really enjoy Keanu Reeves' iteration of the character, but Matt Ryan is insanely well good in, or well done in the in that role. Like he's got the blonde hair, the tan coat, the fucking uh, white shirt, red tie. Every, it looks fucking amazing. The granted the TV show, not the greatest, it was very formulaic, shit like that. Well. But I understood it was an NBC NBC show. So obviously it was going to get a bit formulaic. I was perfectly fine with that. I like the idea of the, the Constantine interwoven uh, in And I, like, in I like that we get more of like the, the supporting characters. Like you yeah, get, yeah. I forget what it's called now, but his house. I don't remember. His house is basically a character by itself. Yes. It, it's got everything that you could. Well, in the movie, you have just B-Man and the bowling ring, rink and... Uh, right. And uh, his apartment that has all different types of, uh, like, uh, in the movie, you could see in his door on his door frame, even Rachel Doss, Rachel Doss, uh, um, Rachel Weiss's character, Angela Dodson, um, looks at the doorway and it has a bunch of incantations on the uh, door frame of it. And so his apartment's just littered with, like, holy water, shit like that. And you get some of that, what's in the comics, in this movie. 
But in the TV show, you see a whole plethora of things. You see Dr. Fate's fucking helmet in the fucking TV show. Yep. You just see fucking everything. It is amazing. I really enjoy Matt Ryan's uh, iteration of Constantine. And I really like that they were able to take that character and what Matt Ryan did and plop it into the Arrowverse. Right. For, for a few... It, hell, yes. he was even in um, Legends of Tomorrow yeah, for like a tomorrow. season or two or something yeah. like that. So yeah, he was. It was. I'm. I'm of two minds. If they decide to reboot it with just Keanu Reeves or can do a continuation of Keanu Reeves' Constantine in the movie verse and just keep Matt Ryan on TV, I'm all right with that. But if they don't and they just scrap Keanu Reeves altogether and give Matt Ryan his own franchise and movie world, if you will. I'm all right with that too. Like, yeah. they're very similar characters, but they're also very different, and I really like both aspects of it. Right, and the only the only thing that I would say to that is because of the way this movie ends, I don't think that I would want to see a sequel. Just because, like I said, by the end of this movie, he has the redemption arc, and he realizes that he should start doing good for other people, and he changes his perspective. Right, where I would very much prefer him to like. I, mean, I didn't. I didn't learn anything. I mean, that's kind of what. Um, and then we get a softer get, version of Constantine with Matt Ryan's. It's not as prickish, if you will. Yeah, he's not quite as prickish. He understands who the good guys are, but he also understands that the good guys are going to get his way. He's going to say "f you" to the good guys and right. do what he needs and to do. Do what he needs to do. Um, and like, I think that I would like to see that, and then we can get some of the other, like standalone movies for some of the other characters and eventually get a justice league dark movie. There were rumors that we were supposed to get one at one point with uh, Guillermo del Toro directing it, but then it got quickly scrapped because it right. was supposed to be like dead man, swamp things, Zatanna, Constantine. And then I can't remember who else. I know there's one other person. I can't remember exactly. Maybe Dr. Fate. Um, but we never got it. Things just fell through like George Miller's justice league. When we talked about Shazam and shit like that. Right. But, Anyway, uh, and apparently uh, he tricked uh, Billy Batson at one point in the comics to give Constantine the power of Shazam. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So Constantine was Shazam for a minute. Wow, nice. <laughs> anyway, that that has nothing to do with the movie, right? Just a fun little random. If you fact. ever want to just go on a deep dive of this character, just read a bunch of Hellblazer comics. They then. Uh, stopped that run for a good while, and then I think it was like early 2000s, right around the movie coming out, they uh, brought it back and uh, just gave it its own label, Constantine, instead of it being Hellblazer. Um, So yeah, just make a deep dive into the character's really fucking interesting. If you have any sort of like uh, thrill looking into like different mythos or religions or just... uh, or anything, anybody's religiosity, if you want to fucking try to figure out what religion is what a person's faith is or any of that by all means do it because while i was watching this movie like i watched this movie twice once to basically be like look i'm watching this movie this is fucking amazing and the second time i was like i'm i I know like this movie is rife with just fucking religious text and iconography and just just oh yeah all different things everywhere because that i need to start researching several things just so we have, like, I'm, I'm going to give you broad strokes of certain things, but I'm not going to go into detail. But there are several things in this movie that are just f- fucking fascinating. If you're a history buff at all, you'll fucking find any of this shit fascinating. Because at one point in the world, I mean, yeah, some people still do ru- rule their lives, run their lives by religion. But at one point in the world, or in time, religion was everything. Yep. I mean, everything. You had small sects where religion wasn't that big deal. But religion, that's why the Pope was so important to people. That's why whenever, even now we still see it today. Hell, I Ash mean, Wednesday was just the other day. Yeah. And we've seen a bunch of news anchors. 
They were very, they're Catholics and they're very devout in their religion. They had a bunch of the, the ash marks on their forehead and everything. It is still somewhat popular, but yeah, not not even not even religion as a whole, right? But Catholic, Catholicism. Catholicism, yeah, it was very popular, if you will, right? Um, so anyway, we're gonna get into this movie, but there is a lot in this movie. There's also like at the beginning of this movie, they make an illusion that Hitler was heavily into the occult, which he was, yes, but not in the sense that you want to say that he wants to use some sort of like mystical power to take over the world. He was more fascinated be- behind. By it because of what everybody, the stories that everybody put behind uh, certain artifacts. Like he figured out that if people found out that he had the Spear of Destiny or he, and he could prove that he had the Spear of Destiny, then people would fucking see him as a deity, if you will. Right. So he didn't believe in it, but he believed in the power that it had over people. Which is true. It does. Yeah. Especially in the 1940s when it was huge in the 1940s. Right. Um, anyway, so we're going to get into this movie. And you've already heard our basically our takes on this movie. We both enjoy this movie. All right, so there we go. Episode done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also want to get into uh, Alan Moore was created by, or Alan Moore, Constantine was created by Alan Moore, Stephen Bissett, and John Ridgway. This movie in particular was created or directed by Francis Lawrence, which went on to direct the Hunger Games movies, or not all of them, but I think. Three, the last three. So everything but the first uh, one. The. Part one and two, whatever. The Catching Fire part one Were they two. Catching Fire? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were Catching Fire. <laughs> so he, he directed The Kitchen Fires and then <laughs> right. um, the one before that, Mockingjay or? I think so. I don't know. My wife's had, had hugely into them. I don't. I, I went to one of the movies with her and I fell asleep. <laughs> like it has similar things. I've just. Seen it. Yes. I, I, I just didn't care. Um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, he also went on to direct uh, I Am Legend, shit like that. So, yep. written by Kevin Broadbent, and this and this was his uh, directorial debut, was it? Yes. And uh, written by Kevin Broadbent and uh, Frank uh, Capello. And I always thought, I don't know why, for the longest time, I always thought this was like a Mick G produced movie. I don't know why, but I looked into it. I didn't see his name in the credits at all. I looked into, maybe I made it up. Maybe it was one of those like Sinbad playing a fucking character that nobody a genie that nobody fucking saw the mandela effect whatever the fuck right. it's called yeah i for some reason for the longest time i thought it was mcg and i stayed away from it from time to time because i was like i want to watch constantine i was like oh no it's got mcg's fingers all over it and i'm like nah uh, and i watched yeah. it the other day i was like i did not see his name at all in any yeah, i don't i don't think that it's anywhere i don't know I don't, why i don't know either the only thing that i can think is maybe at some point you I mean, they kind of deal with similar things mm. uh, that somehow you connected Constantine to the TV show Supernatural. Maybe. Because that is, is uh, produced by Mick G. Right. So, so maybe. maybe that's... I mean, it's a it's a tenuous connection at best. Oh, but. I know. His name was attached to it, but I have no doubt he was probably never in any of the creative meetings or anything like that. He probably attached yeah. his name... At some point along the lines, looking to create it at some point, but then just fell through the wayside. His name was still attached because of legal reasons, so he got the you know profit off of something that he had no fucking in, uh, insight into or connection to whatsoever, other than his name. Um, it was uh, this movie starred Keanu Reeves, Rachel Weisz, uh, Jamon Hansoon, who we fucking he's constantly popping up in these movies. I don't know if the yeah, guy's a he- super fan. He was in Shazam. 
We see him in Guardians. We see him in this. We see him was in he, Captain who's, Marvel. Who's he in Shazam? Oh, yeah. He's the, he played the wizard. He's the fucking wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but you, like, he's always fucking bald. So I don't, <laughs> yeah. like, he had way too much hair to be. <laughs> right. uh, Shia LaBeouf is in this movie. Peter Stormore. And this is the beginning of the Shia LaBeouf renaissance, if you will. Because this was the beginning. This was after even Stevens. I wouldn't this is when he was starting to get roles in movies. Yeah, I wouldn't even. This is the beginning of his film career. Well, he didn't have like a huge presence whenever he was on Even Stevens. It wasn't until he started doing movies that people started taking notice. Well, of right, but it wasn't his resurgence then because that would. I said Renaissance. Oh, did you? Yeah, I didn't say resurgence. Okay. No, no, I no. Thought you said resurgence. Right like, now would be like his resurgence. He was he was a big deal again, and I was no, like, no. well, no, because he wasn't really that big a deal before. Right, right. But yeah, I I don't know that this is his first movie that he did. I don't. I think Holes was his first movie. And then he went into this yeah, one. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that was like 2003. Yeah. But this is very early on. Shia LaBeouf, the, yeah. Before the, he went insane and put a bag over his head and all that. So. The, the Shia LaBeouf. But if you ever want to know what Shia LaBeouf's life was like, watch Honey Boy. Yeah. That, it's, it's not a one, one comparison, but he A, wrote the um, a damn movie, and B, said as much as like, this was my life whenever I was a child star. And the, the Shia LaBeouf. Pay, plays the dad in the in the movie. Yeah, he plays his father. And he was like, this is how my dad was whenever I was a kid. And Honey Boy is basically a, uh, him, I guess, exercising his demons, if you will, about his childhood and all that. So. Right. And it just watch Honey Boy. That's all I got to say. Watch Honey Boy, and you understand why Shia LaBeouf is the way Shia LaBeouf is Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> it, it also stars Max Baker, Pruitt, Taylor, Vince, Everyone knows who Pruitt Taylor Vince is because you've seen him in hundreds of fucking things. He's always the big rotund guy that has the eyes that jitter back and forth. That's an actual affliction that he has. He's he's the uh, the Marty Feldman of this era, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. um, he's constantly popping up in things. You constantly will see him. He's always uh, some sort of like titular character in that story. That. He's either the guy that leads to the other guy that's the main issue, or he's a henchman of some sort, or he's just a complete dick and other things. Like in Deadwood, he plays a uh, prospector who straight up kills his brother because he's tired of his brother running his mouth, and he wants the uh, gold that uh, one of the characters will give him if it's just him owning the land. So, um, but yeah, it also has uh, Gavin Rosdale. Please don't hold that against this movie because. Quite frankly, that is the weakest link in this movie. Ga- Gavin Rosdale playing uh, Balthazar is the weakest point in this movie. Yeah. Early on, when you're first introduced to the character, it's interesting. But then later on, whenever he's like, fire, I was born a fire. And it's just like very like, he barely registers in his like voice. He just got shot in the face with fire. His outfit is partially on, yeah, it's like embering. Singed. Yeah, it's singed. And he's just like, fire, I was born a fire. I was like, you're not acting at this point. I don't know what happened in the first scene that we saw you in. We'll get to it when we get to it. But it also has Tilda Swinton in this movie, which I fucking adore Tilda Swinton. Anything I see her in. Yeah. There was a movie called Okja. Uh, it was a foreign she, flick. She was brilliant in it. Once again. Snowpiercer. Fucking brilliant. That's another character. Or that's another actor. You've all seen her in shows. That, that at the time that this movie came out, I didn't really have any respect for her either. Oh really? Um, but seeing seeing her grown body of work mm-hmm. and stuff, like she's uh, she was the she's uh, she was uh, what was she in Doctor Strange? I can't remember the character's name. The ancient one. The ancient one, yeah. Um, but she was the ancient one in Doctor Strange. She was, uh, and she popped up in Game. So she's constantly within the nerd world and just weaving in and out and shit. 
Um, so yeah, the movie starts uh, with a uh, some text on the screen. It just says, I wrote it down just to make sure. Uh, he who possesses the spear of destiny holds the fate of the world. And, and then it goes on to say, the spear has been missing since World War II. Um, and then we just go right into it. It's Mexico. It's like a derelict building. Hell, there's barely it's anything a, left of the building. It's a derelict church. Was it a church? Yes. Um, but yeah, there's barely anything left of it. It's just the stone structure framework of the building. And they're just scavenging. Yeah, they're scavenging, looking for stuff. Um, and the one character's foot goes through the wooden floor. Mm. And then wrapped in a Nazi flag... Yeah. He opens it up and it's a a spearhead. Yes. That by with the text we just got about the spear of destiny and just see, the, now yes. seeing a spear shortly you after can, you, you get can surmise that it is the spear, spear of, of destiny. destiny. Also, side note: when I was researching a lot of the stuff for this movie, um, that's the same. Like in the first Hellboy movie, uh, you see like a spear of destiny on like display of like different things that they've gotten. Uh-huh. And it's the same one. It's the same the, prop and everything. The uh, the Ron Perlman Hellboy. Yes, the Ron Perlman Hellboy. And the reason why they also didn't call this movie Hellblazer was because Hellboy was released a few years before right. this movie. And they didn't want people to get confused. Right. Which, and one's about a big red demon. The other one's about a guy chasing after demons. I, they, they have similar themes, but I don't think anybody would be like, Hellblazer, Hellboy, that must be the same. I think a lot of... Those stories you, you hear about them saying, I don't want it to be, people feel like it was um, the, uh, the same movie by calling it Hellblazer Hellboy is just one person in power that is a fucking moron. And assumes that everyone else in the world is. Yes. Um, we then cut to, or uh, he grabs it, he hears like whispering behind him, he, jo- he grabs it closer to his chest, he uh, quickly walks away. After he heals it, this is, we'll later on find out why there was whispering and shit. Um, um, and he immediately gets hit by a fucking car. Yeah, as he's walking he away, walks, his friend sees him walk away. He walks the road, his friend watches him walk away. He walks into the road and then gets hit by a car. And the front end of the car wraps around him like he's a fucking tree. Yeah, yeah, like the, and it the looks, guy didn't move it at all. It looks like he's dead. Yes. For a second, mm-hmm. but surprise! He jumps he out of the wreckage. He stands back up and just... Like, nothing happened. Off he fucks. Yep. We don't know where he's going, what's going on. Um, he, well, he, you see him walk to, like, a uh, like a little store. That's later on. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Because we just see him walk from the wreckage, and then we cut to Rachel Dawes' sister, uh, Isabel, in the hospital doing all that. But later on, because uh, they intercut scenes with the That's guy. Because right. first he's jumping over a uh, fence, obviously the Mexico-United States border. Fence wall bullshit, uh, and then they intercut it again with him stealing a car and shit. Okay, so right now we're now on to Isabel. We don't know who it is. It's just Rachel Weiss in a hospital in a hospital gown and everything. She's running through the hospital. She's hearing voices left and right. She doesn't know what the hell's going on. She gets to the roof. She looks back behind her. We don't know. She says something. It looks like, but we don't know what it is. And then she just leaps off the roof of this hospital. And we just see this Down like through. wide shots, like all the sound slowly starts to go out of the scene and everything, and then crashes right through the ceiling of like I'm some I'm assuming some sort of like physical therapy place because they physical therapists from time to time will use water as a way yeah. to therapeutically yeah. repair people's bodies depending on what the injury is, and it looked like a through physical a, therapy through a giant glass cross in the ceiling. Yes, because it's some sort of 
a religious hospital of some yeah. sort. Yeah. Um, we then cut to I think it's Constantine. Oh no, this is the the, the Filipino girl. Um, uh, we then cut to a, a Filipino elderly woman, like middle aged woman, um, just like fixing breakfast, going towards this bedroom door, and then she just drops what she's carrying and just starts praying to God because th- she sees her daughter hanging from the ceiling, almost exorcist like. Back, back into one of the corners of the room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chanting something. I believe it's, uh, from what I remember reading on everything on the movie, it's like, we'll kill them all or some shit like that. In Latin, we'll kill them all uh, or something like that. Um, but she's obviously possessed at this point. We then see Constantine walk into the main apartment complex, and we see uh, Pruitt, uh, Father Hennessy is the character's name, uh, walk out from behind a pillar. He's like, I found you something, John. I couldn't do it myself. The exorcism I did j- just didn't work. I think I found you something. And then we just see Constantine. And I used to do this with my fucking lighter when I used to smoke actual cigarettes. He he basically puts two fingers on top, one finger at the bottom, and then just does Snap like a snapping fo- motion. And you can basically whip open the top half of a lighter that way. I used to do the same thing because, this, like I said, this movie had a huge impact on me. Well, before... You you see him approaching first because they're uh, he and Shia LaBeouf's character are pulling up in the taxi. Yes, and then they go to get out, and uh, Keanu Reeves, as Constantine tells him, "No, Chaz, you wait in the car." Um, Chaz, I forget the character's last name, is Shia LaBeouf's character. He's like, um, Kramer. Ch- yeah, Chaz Kramer. And in the comics, it's an actual Yeah. <laughs> in the comics, he's an actual character from the comics. He looks a bit different. Um, like in the comics, it's just a black leather jacket, jeans, and all that. It doesn't have the right. flat cap on or anything. Uh, but it is a character from the comics. His real name is like Francis Williams, uh, quotations, Chaz Chandler Kramer, I believe. I can't remember exactly. But something along those lines. Um, but yeah, he, he, he basically has a sidekick in this movie, which I really enjoy. Yeah. It's a breath of fresh, fresh air. He's basically our window into this movie and this whole world, and we see him trying to... Uh, later on, we'll see him like trying to practice certain things. and Basically, you see uh, the character is introduced as... like his, Constantine's protege. Yeah, his protege. He's mm-hmm. teaching him stuff. Um, and he wants to come in and help exercise this demon. Right. And Constantine's like, no, you're not ready yet. Yeah. Um, and I believe he also, maybe this is later on in the movie, he tells him it's not like it is in the books or something like that before he gets out. I think he might say might have said that later on in the movie. I don't remember when he says that. Um, because Chaz does say it later on whenever something happens to Chaz. If you, which, by the way, we forgot to mention, Ryan. Spoilers ahead, people. We haven't really mentioned too much right now, but spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen this movie from 2005, you should probably uh, go Do watch this movie and then come first. back. Um, or you just don't give a shit and just care about two dipshits ranting about it. Um, but yeah, he goes into the apartment building. Like I said, the uh, father Hennessy comes up to him. He's like, I think I found you one. I couldn't do it. My exorcism just didn't work. Uh, he's smoking on a cigarette. He, they both go up to the apartment. We see a bunch of people throughout the different apartments throughout the entire complex. Just, uh, looking down the hallway at the end of the, uh, floor where this apartment is and they're just hearing, like, a snarling of some sort. And everybody's fucking worried. You see, like, the mother of the daughter, like, distraught, just not sure what the fuck is going on. Um, we, Constantine enters the girl's room. She's strapped to the bed. 
just can't move, just snarling and all that. And then we see what he tells them to do, tells them to move the bed parallel to the window. Not yet. Oh, that's right. You he walks him, in. You see him walk over and look at look at the girl and then like, okay. And I, I don't think he says anything to her to begin with. But he walks over to the light and pulls out like a like a key ring. Yeah, yeah, it has some sort of starts, like different implement. Starts holding up like different Which charms to I the light. Tried my ass to find out what that is. I googled so many different things like trinket, key ring, trinket, trinkets that Constantine uses on the girl in the beginning of the movie. I cannot fucking find out what it is that he has because it's of different shapes and of different um, uh, figures of religious uh, icons, and I have no idea what the one is that he uh, comes upon. So I have no clue what it is. Because obviously later on I'm gonna point out different things that he right. uses because they they are of uh, historical uh, facts. There are these are actual things that actually exist. But what he uses on the little girl, it's just it's almost similar to what like it has. It, it, I don't want to say keys, but it is similar to keys because he's only using it on the little girl. We never see him use it ever again. Right. We have no idea what it is. Obviously, um, he just start going through them, shining them up through the light, and whenever the uh, the, the girl. In a, like reacts to the to image. one he realizes that he found the right right one to use, thing. but it's not it's not the image of it that she's recoiling from. He's holding it up to the light and it's shining on her forehead. Okay, so he's looking to see which one will, will right, react one, to her. Which one will react to her? Yeah, because after he does that, he crawls on top of the girl. Well, no, this is when he tells them to get bring to it up move. to the parallel to the window, right, and to find him a mirror. Yes. Uh, and he tells the uh, father Hennessy where, how to strap it and everything. He gets a few other people within the apartment complex to hold, hold it, it up. Um, and as he does this, he's like, basically, don't look at what I'm doing while I'm doing it. Yes. Like, and he also, <laughs> this is a running thing that happens between uh, Chaz and him. Um, he, like, I, for he, lack of better words, he mounts this little girl. Uh, he looks at her, and he's like, uh, "This is Constantine." asshole john constantine and the deep possessed uh girl just smiles and snarls and just slowly turns her head at john just basically mocking him like try your best type and shit. we also we also uh as they're getting ready to move all the like move the bed and stuff he leans out the window and yells at Chaz to move the car yes because obviously something's going to happen we just don't know what right. it is just yet um um, he starts ma- starts chanting some uh, something in Latin, presses that trinket up against the little girl's forehead. And covers her eyes. And covers her eyes. As he does that, and it happens for a few seconds, one of the guys holding up the mirror looks down and sees what's going on, and immediately his hair starts turning white. He starts freaking out, backing away. The mirror starts falling. Constantine is trying to hold the mirror up and also hold this uh, little trinket on the girl's forehead and cover her eyes at the same time. So he's trying to do all these things at the same time. And then right at the, the precipice of all this, he releases all of it and bam, the demon jumps up into the mirror. Well, he, he gets the demon like to the surface. Yeah. And then he rolls out of the way and the demon can see itself in the mirror. Also, the demon also tries to exit the little girl's body through her neck at one point. Cause right. we see it like trying to lunge out at John. Well, that's, through that's, her neck. that's right before he rolls off and it gets, thrown into the mirror. Yeah, because he has to basically punch a little girl's neck to (laughs) get the thing back into place. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he rolls out of the way real quick. The demon jumps into the window, and he's like, all right, 
pull it, and it, you just see the uh, the like rope and shit they wrapped around the mirror starting to work its way, but then it gets caught, like the edges of the mirror gets caught on like the frame of the window. And as they're trying to struggle and struggle, we see the demon just beaten on the other side of this mirror, and it's starting to, get to crack. Out of the mirror. And uh, as it's about to just, he's got uh, nearly all of it shattered, and as it pulls all the way through the window, the mirror does, we see his arm break through the mirror and start just lashing out. And as it does, the mirror goes shooting out of the window and down towards the ground. And we also get like this interesting shot of it, like above where Chaz's uh, cab is and where the mirror is falling is straight down on top of Chaz's car. And as it does, you see the uh, demon snarling, trying to get out as quickly as possible, but it fails as the mirror hits the car and everything just shatters. Sending the demon back to hell. And also pissing Chaz off in the same process. Um, because he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, Constantine told him to back up the car. Clearly, not far enough. And and that plays into the next scene where Chaz is basically like, you told me to move the car, John, but if, if you said, move the car because I'm going to drop a demon in a mirror out, I would have moved it further. <laughs> Uh, we should also mention a little scene between Father Hennessy and Constantine is Constantine's like, I feel something coming. I don't know what it is, but that demon was just trying to punch its way out of a little girl's neck. Well, he's he basically says, like, that was a full-fledged demon. Yeah, it wasn't not like a, simple possession not or anything. Not a like simple possession or anything. Like, there's a full-on demon in that girl. Mm-hmm. And he takes he off takes this. takes off. Uh, I be, I it's a Celtic knot. But I don't know what the I couldn't find out other than it just being called a Celtic knot. I have no idea what significance it has. But apparently, to Father Hennessy, it keeps the voices out of his head. It's. I don't think that it's a. Well, I mean, I know it's also called a Celtic knot, but it's the the symbol that uh, POD used to use on their. Um, Is that the same symbol? Yeah. Oh, that Pod used to use on their like album covers. Yeah, yeah, and stuff the first album because it's like three, it's like three leaves, but they're continuous. Um, but yeah, it just it, it, if you ever seen like a Celtic knot, it's mo- it's one of the most uh, identifiable versions of a Celtic knot. Like there are yeah. different versions. It's just the with like a ring with like uh, lines and curves and whatnot, just weaving through this ring. Right, but for um, whatever reason, it. Helps keep the voices in the ether out of, out of his head. Out of his head. Um, because he was like, if I'm not using this necklace, I'm drinking. Um, and Constantine's like, just for a night or two, just for me, I f- something's going on. And the priest... Uh, See what you feel, just like old times. Yes. Um, giving allusions to the, they have a past where they used Father to, Hennessy. Right. He... He used to be able to shut out the voices better, but now, or he used to be able to. He the way I got it is that Father Hennessy used to hear voices all the time. He was a priest most of his life, probably. Uh, used to drink constantly to keep the voices out. Met up with Constantine. Constantine's like, no, I've got a better idea. Found this constantly this drinking. Charm. Found this charm of some sort. Gave it to him. And then in, in this instance, he because, tells him to take because it off. something that isn't really gone into in this movie is Constantine is a fucking magician. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. No, not pretty much. He just legit is a magician. Well, not not the same kind of magician as Zatanna. That's what I'm getting at. It's, it's, um, but, like, glyphs and sigils and mm-hmm. things like that 
are his wheelhouse. Like that's what he does. Right. Um, he, he do- in in the comics, he comes up with seven different sigils that trap like the the three big bads that mm-hmm. he fights mm-hmm. is like uh, Pandora and like two other demons that are called like the demonic trio or something. And he comes up with seven seals to seal them in place that even God can't break. Okay. So like that's that's what he does. That's mm-hmm. his wheelhouse is like spells to to hold things and stuff. And uh, I, also one of the other things that I found is um, in in researching his powers mm-hmm. was uh, so there's uh, Pandora's box, obviously from Greek mythology. A box was given to a woman named Pandora. She was told not to open it because it contained all of the evil in the world Mm -hmm. and yada, yada, yada. She opened it. And the only thing that was left in the, the box. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, all this chaos was spilling out and everything. And she was able, like the whole story, like there was a game I used to play as a child. It's called like Pandora's box where you had to basically go and find clues on what the evils of the world were. It was like this old like game came around, it came out the same time as like mist and shit. Um, but yeah, she was in the chaos of trying to get the box closed. She closed it right before Hope could escape with all the evils of the world. So in essence, what Pandora did was trap Hope inside this box while all evil was able to right. unleash on her. So. Um, and in this, she is a demon. Mm-hmm. Like in the comics, she is a demon. And her box, like makes people get filled with rage and like just start doing terrible fucking things. Yeah. And it, it infects like every other member of the justice league dark and Superman at one point oh, does it? is also affected okay. by it. And it's if they touch it and Constantine picks it up and they're like, no, John, it's going to, to, you know, twist your morality and stuff. And his response is like, it can't darken what's already dark. <laughs> like, I'm already fucked up. And then there's a, another like another bad guy character. I can't remember what his name is. But like, his moral compass is so fucked. This, this other guy like wears people's skin and like takes them over. Mm-hmm. And resides in their brain with them. Like they're in their brain, but they can't like overpower him and stuff. And this character, like, was inside Constantine for, like, two minutes. And he's like, I need out. out. I need out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, uh, as we also see while they're having this conversation at, like, the top of the apartment complex stairs, we just see some sort of figure twirling a coin through his fingers. We don't know who it is. We'll find out later on. Um, But then, what is it? It's uh, Rachel or Rachel Weisz. It's Angela Dodson. being escorted into a crime scene. And when uh, something we forgot to mention is whenever we see Isabel uh, jumping off the top of the hospital, right whenever she crashes into the water, uh, Angela pops up out of a bed. dream. Um, and she's now being escorted to this crime scene, and she's starting to put the pieces together. It was like, oh, shit. That wasn't, wasn't a dream. It wasn't a dream. It was some sort of, like, twin connection type thing. I was watching my sister die. Um, and she walks up and she sees her sister's dead body out, out of the pool at this point on the ground next to it. 
She raises the, uh, I guess, like body bag cover off of it, and she now has 100% confirmation that what she's dreading is actually true. Her sister is dead laying in front of her. Um, she is basically like pulling small strands of hair off her sister's face as she's trying to convince the other detective that's in the room that this wasn't suicide, this was murder. And it's apparently someone she's worked with before. Um, she's very adamant in the idea of her sister not being responsible for her death, committing right. suicide. Um, we'll find out here in a bit why, which is kind of not true. We'll get to it, into it whenever we get to that point. Um, what is the next scene? You see uh, Constantine at the doctor. Oh, that's right. Because, uh, yeah, after the scene, we see him uh, in the bathroom coughing up blood. And he apparently doesn't know what it's about. He's just coughing up blood, up blood at this point. We then see him at the doctor, and we don't know where. But we'll find out here in a second. Um, he's basically talking to the doctor, and the doctor is very familiar with what Constantine has done in his past because he's like, all the things I've done, all the demons I've sent back to hell, and this is how I go out. Lung cancer. Um, and she's just basically telling him, you need to get your things in order. You need to get your... Well, it's, it's like... And she even goes into like, well, yeah... It's what happens whenever you smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. Is it three packs? No, oh, they go into a different description. Like uh, uh, Gabriel goes into a, a thing. It's like 30 cigarettes a day since you were 15. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, we'll but, get into it here. But basically the doctor's like, yeah, I mean, you, you smoke all the time. And your lung can't, like, you need to get your shit in order. Mm. And he goes... And then you see him leave the room and go into an elevator. Yes. And then we see Rachel Dodson... Rachel, I can't. Be, I keep fucking doing that, but it's Angela Dotson uh, coming down the same hallway just after him, trying to approach the elevator. She's like, "Hold the elevator. Are you going down?" And <laughs> Constantine's like, "Not, not if, if I can, I can help, help it." it. <laughs> like I was reading a bunch of reviews for uh, like this movie, and like a bunch of them, like, uh, well, not a bunch of them, a few of them were like, "Constantine is like this witty, charming guy," um, but Keanu Reeves shows none of that in this movie. I was like. Did you watch the same movie I'm watching? He does this periodically. He even flips off Satan himself as he's being ascended into heaven. That is fucking amazing. First, first off, witty, yes. Charming, not so much. Well, I think the, uh, his wittiness plays into him being charming. I mean, even in the comics, he is very witty. And I would say if you're witty, you're somewhat charming. Obviously, there goes, there's more into it besides being witty, but there is a level of charming uh, that suppose. involves being witty of some sort. Um, but yeah, uh, he doesn't hold the elevator for her. She just looks at him like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What? There's only a few people in this elevator. You could easily held the elevator open for me. Um, I think we missed a scene. What scene? The first scene with Papa Midnight. No, that's coming up. Okay. Um, because, yeah, he, he uh, what is it? He, we see him back in his apartment, and this time he's being uh, visited by B-Man, and B-Man's just That's dropping right. off supplies and shit, and he's just telling him, what is it this time, what do you need, and B-Man's just showing him, he's like, I've got this like screeching beetle from Amity, and it's like in this, like uh, I, I can't remember the actual like box. Like a matchbox. It's a, it's a matchbox of some sort, but it has something on it, I can't remember exactly, um, and he shakes it, and the beetle screeches, we don't know what it's for, but we'll find out in a bit. He, well, also he, says, him. he says it's like nails on a chalkboard for creatures from hell. Yes. B-Man does. Yes. Um, 
I just want to wrote down what he gives him. Yeah, yeah, I did. So B-Man gives him a Screeching Beetle from Amityville, and then Dragon's Breath, which is just like this like cylind- uh, cylindrical device of some sort, where he just holds up, presses a button, and all this fire comes shooting out of it. And then he also offers him um, the regular stuff like holy water, shit like that, like little bubbles yeah. of like holy water that he can carry around with him and shit. Um, Glob globulets or globulets? I don't I think know they're called what they're called exactly. Um, and also he offers him right near the end of their conversation cough medicine as well. Well, he, he starts coughing. Yeah, and he then puts it on the table. He's like, "This is on the house." Right. Um, we then and, see him and. and uh, he pays for it. He pays B-Man for it. Oh, yeah, with the little... Uh, sh- yeah, because B-Man apparently likes for his whatever, little boxes. For whatever reason, B-Man loves the the little, like, cylinder toys that you can get. They, whenever you turn it over one way, you hear something, like, click against the bottom. And whenever you turn it back over, it, like, moves. Moos or uh, bars or whatever. Oinks. Some of them oink. And it's just, like, this little device that makes an animal sound. Right. Um, and apparently B-Man whatever, adores it. For whatever reason, that's all B-Man wants from... As we'll see in his workshop, he has a bunch of them all yeah. over the place. Um... Um, but yeah, uh, B-Man accepts it and gives him all the stuff that I mentioned. Um, we then see uh, Constantine and Chaz in Chaz's uh, cab, and they're talking, and Constantine tells him, I'm going to go to uh, Midnight's Club. I don't think he actually names the club, just Midnight's Club or something like that. And Chaz is like, can I go in? And uh, Keanu Reeves is a bit, or <laughs> Constantine is a bit um, apprehensive to that idea, and he's like, you know what? Sure, you can go in with me if you can get past the bouncer. Yep. And all Chaz says, uh, he's like, well, it's what, two bears on a bench or a frog in a dress or whatever the fuck. Clearly, there's something going on in order to, for you to do. You, in order to get into the club, you have to do something as you approach right. the bouncer. Uh, seconds later, we which find out you, what that which is. Which you think is basically a password of right. some variety. Um, and uh, as they approach the club, we see them going down a set of steps and a bouncer holding up a card. And Constantine, I think he guesses like... I think it's the uh, two things on a bench. Two frogs on a bench, I think, is what Constantine guesses. Yeah. He guesses it right away. Uh, he puts down the card, raises another one up for Chaz. Chaz. No, Constantine goes ahead and goes in. Mm. And Chaz is chasing him down the steps. And he's like, hey, hey, John, John, wait. <laughs> and John just walks into the club. And the bouncer then holds up another card. And... Uh, he thinks it's going to be the same thing. And he says, yeah, like, two frogs on two a bench. Two frogs on a bench. And it's not. And goes to walk by. And the bouncer puts a hand on his chest. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm with him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, two frogs on a bench. And the, he turns it over. And it's, it's a, a rat in a dress. <laughs> yes. And he's like, of course, rat in a dress. <laughs> right. Like, he's just ta- trying to talk his way into the club. Like, obviously. That's it's, it's not working. Uh, he tries to bum rush the uh, bouncer. And the bouncer just stops him right away. He's like, I'm just testing. I'm just testing. Um, we then cut to, we follow, uh, I was going to say Keanu, uh, we follow Constantine throughout this club, and it's basically, we'll find out here in a second, it's neutral ground for demons and angels, where they can't do shit in this club. But, not exactly. What do you mean? Because they're not angels and demons. Oh, yeah, that's they're right. Half they're half-breeds. Breeds. So they're half-demon, half-angel, but also human as well. Meaning that they can become human at any point, depending on what you do them. We'll find out what happens to some of them whenever you take away their mystical powers, if you will. But they're going through uh, this club, and it's like a bunch of demons are like 
ripping apart like a pig in a sack of some sort. We don't know. Yeah. It looks, it sounds like a pig a little bit, but I'm not sure. I wouldn't suspect that Papa Midnight would be okay with them tearing apart a human being in his club. So yeah, I would assume it's... it would have to be some sort of animal just wiggling around in this bag as they tear it apart. Um, we see a few angels doing the same thing. We see an angel change, change water into wine, the whole idea of what Christ has done, shit like that. And then we see a character with a demon on its lap as it looks at Constantine. You know who that character is, Ryan? No. So there was a bounty hunter called Domino, an actual legitimate person called Domino. There's a movie called Domino that Keira Knightley played. I think it had also had like Mickey Rourke and shit like that. There's an actual person named Domino, and that's who that is. In that scene where that very androgynous-looking uh, angel with the demon on her lap is looking. It's right before we cut to Keanu entering into Papa Midnight's like main VIP area that the Papa Midnight is in. Is that uh, that person? I can't remember her actual name, but there's a movie made with Mickey Rourke and Keira Knightley. I think it was a Tony Scott movie mm. called Domino. Um, it was not an art movie, but it's about her story. Um, but yeah, that's who that was. I, I just found that fucking interesting. That uh, this interesting, uh, almost androgynous character was also in this Constantine movie with other androgynous characters. I, I don't know. I found that interesting. But anyway, Keanu Reeves, Constantine, enters into Papa Midnight's like main study area. His office. His office. And basically tells him, like, look, something's going on. I need your help. I need, I need the chair. And Papa Midnight's like, look, this is neutral ground. You do not come to me for something like that. I do not work that way. You do not come to me for shit like that. This yeah, is neutral not, ground. It's not the way this works anymore. Yes. Um, and I should also mention, like, Papa Midnight is a voodoo priest of some sort. In the comics, he's been around for centuries. Um, and, and he's just been able he to... Even, they, I don't know. I don't remember if it's this time at the club or the next time at the club. Mm-hmm. But Constantine, like, alludes to that. He's like, you know, you're... In your old age, you're soft. Like, I remember whenever you were in, like, Louisiana fighting um, Agathars or whatever the fuck. I right. can't remember exactly. Fighting something, like, basically saying that you're past your prime and you're mm. just... You're, you're being just a, playing You're being a weak old character. Yeah. You're a weak old man now. Yeah. And Papa Midnight does not like that very much. No, he tells him to go fuck himself. I'm not helping you. I'm neutral. Fuck yourself. You know the rules of my club. And then... Uh, it looks like Constantine is going to try to argue some more, and then we just hear some sort of like uh, like snickering or something. Like he says something in the background, Balthazar does, and then we see Balthazar, and it's he's just standing there twirling the coin in his hand, and it's the same. We get the connection that he was there at the apartment complex whenever Constantine left earlier in the day. Um, but yeah, he's just twirling the coin through his fingers, and now I never found out what the coin was but i always assumed from the moment i saw the movie first in the theaters that it was one of the pieces of silver that judas got paid with for betraying jesus that he's twirling one of the pieces of silver in his hand that's just the connection i made in my mind they never say one way or the other right what it is that he's twirling it's just an old coin that was obviously of roman antiquity area era it could also will. be a coin of uh, Janus or Giannis, however you pronounce the god's name. The god that looks backwards and forwards through time. I think it's Giannis. I believe. Um, but could be that, although like the the idea of it being uh, a, one of the pieces of silver 
makes a little bit more sense. Um, like there are different religions that play throughout this movie, but the main religion is Catholicism. Right. So, and, and they go into it here in a little bit. Like he gives the backstory of like, um, full fledged angels and full fledged demons can't come to earth because the God and the devil made a pact. Yeah. Uh, but half-breeds are allowed, and they're only allowed to whisper influence and stuff. Yeah, they can't directly tell someone what to do. They can just influence, whisper, like, hidden messages, shit like that. Right, and give them either the power to be heroes and be heroic mm. with the angel or be treacherous yeah. with the with the demons, which would make sense because the ultimate act of treachery is betraying Jesus. Right. So... um. Uh, Balthazar basically tells him to get the fuck out of here. I've got a meeting with Papa Midnight and Papa Midnight tells him to get out because he's got a meeting and, uh, Constantine starts to cough and Balthazar is like, you better get that checked out. Yeah. Yeah. And just smirks at Constantine. Like Balthazar knows what the fuck is going on because everybody's counting down. Everybody in hell is counting down the days of whenever John Constantine comes to hell. We'll find out why he has a direct and line Balthazar to And Balthazar is the first person, or is the person who tells him in this scene. Yeah, this is the where we get that scene of like, mm, finger licking good. And I found that scene interesting. Like it was. Well, you, a, get, you get the finger licking good, and you also get, um, you know, he's always said that you're the one soul he would come up here to collect himself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which, and that, my friends, is what you call foreshadowing. Yes. Yeah, so, um, uh, uh, after the scene, it is then, uh, what's the next scene? I think it's Constantine going to Gabriel at this point. Yeah, well, he's going no, to talk no. to the priest. Which is Gabriel, I thought. No, Gabriel happens to be there, but he was going to talk to the priest. And... No, I thought, because the way it's set up is that him and Angela both go to the same church. We think they're there to see the same person, but he continues to walk by as she meets with the priest, and he goes straight up to Gabriel. Well, right, but I think that that was more a meeting of chance. Well, of quote-unquote chance. Like, I think that he was there to see the priest. I think he was there to see Gabriel, because that's because, who he goes to straight away. He doesn't stop at the priest at all. He right, just goes, he, walks on right because by. Because he notices her. Or No, she's right behind him. Like, one of the like no, no, uh, no. little like archbishops. Gabriel. Gabriel. Okay. Because, like... He walks in, and then she walks in a couple of steps behind him. Yeah, because uh, one of the little like, she helpers. She says, I'm here to see the Holy Father. And he's like, well, I was here first, and first come, first served. Right. And then she says, oh, so you're just an asshole no matter where you're at. Does she say Holy Father? I thought she said she's here to see him, or that she was here to see him. Maybe. Because I always thought the way I always perceived it is that I mean I could be we see Tilda Swinton I could be wrong and I could be falling into the same misconception that the characters were falling into right uh, but the way I always saw it is that um, so obviously be- before this scene we also see the character carrying the spear jump over a fence so she oh, yeah. put that yeah. in there and then we see Constantine walking into the building we see some sort of like archbishop. Uh, like helper person in this particular church walk up to Constantine saying, "Oh, do you need it? Do you need me to take your coat?" And Constantine's like, "Absolutely not. I'm here I'm, to see him. I'm not staying long." Right. Uh, and then he, the the little helper guy, asks the he's like, "Anything for you, ma'am? Should I take your coat?" And he's like, "No, I'm here to see him." 
Uh, and then Constantine's like, first, car- first come, first served. And then she walks up beside Constantine, and she recognizes it's the same guy from the elevator. She says, like you said, that you're always an asshole no matter uh, where you are. Um, and then I always thought that he was here to see Tilda Swinton. Cause I he, mean, it, it he doesn't well, stop at all. It very well could be because he walks right up to her. Yeah, he walks right up to her. He doesn't stop at the priest because the priest comes towards them. Tilda Swinton stays up by the fireplace. The priest comes towards them. He then, uh, like... Like drifts off to the, like the right of Constantine and goes right up to uh, to uh, Angela, and Constantine just straight beelines it to Gabriel. Right. So I always thought maybe, and I could be wrong, that they were both there to see the same or different people, but we're but meant to thought, believe that right. they were there to they see the same they person. Were there to see the same person. All right. Um, so yeah, right. Uh, Angela walks up to the priest. They go off to the side in like one of those like little corridors for like all the different uh, texts and whatnot. And then Constantine walks up to Gabriel, and this is where we get the first uh, inclination of what Gabriel is. She's an angel, because we see, like, uh, angel wings open up behind her, on her back and shit. Yep. Um, and they have this interesting conversation, because Constantine is like, look, I know something's going on, something's coming, I can feel it, I just try to, uh, I just punched, uh, pretty much the same thing he's told everybody else. I just punched a demon I pulled, in the, net, uh, in I the neck a, of a little girl. I pulled a demon out of a little girl, a full-fledged right. demon out of a little girl. And we also get into uh, Constantine, a little bit of his backstory. Because uh, Constantine's like, I don't have much time left. I could feel it. I just got back from the doctors. I got fucking basic. He doesn't say as much, but he hints, hints at he's got end-stage lung cancer. Right. He doesn't have much time left. He's like, can I get an extension on my uh, stay of execution or whatever the fuck? And Gabriel tells him, no. Uh, you know the rules, and you know what you did, and you can't buy your way into heaven. And Constantine's like, well, what do I have to do? And he's like, all the normal things, self-sacrifice, love, all blah, 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 shit like that. And he's, Constantine just sits down on the chair. He's like, so I'm fucked. Well, and then uh, I tell him. No, sw- she says it. Well, she, he, he doesn't say directly that I'm fucked. He's like, so there's nothing I can do. Right. And, and then like, she nope. walks up to him. And he's Basically, like, well. you're fucked. Yes. Uh, he, she says, you smoked 30 cigarettes since you were 15. Um, and you took a life that wasn't yours to take. Yeah, basically you're I think that's what she says. And then she says, basically, you're fucked. And this is where we get the first uh, uh, hints that something happened. In Constantine's past, where he, the idea of him trying to buy his way back into heaven plays even more because right, and we even, don't know what it is. And he even says as much. He's like, you know, I've sent, I've sent all of these things. Yes, I've done all these things. I've sent all these guys back. I've done everything he got knows. And you, and you also get the uh, the. He's like, he's like, it's bullshit. Like you just have to believe. And Constantine's like, I do believe. And she's like, no, you know. You don't believe. Those are two different there's things. There's a difference. Yes. Which is kind of true. I mean, the idea of having faith is in something is not knowing about something. It's having faith in something. Right. It's taking a, a chance on someone without knowing 100% what's going on. That's the idea of faith. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly adhere to that idea because that sounds like... Uh, Lemon lemmings being right sent to a cliff type of shit. Anyway, uh, in this scene near the tail end, after 
he's being told that he's fucked. We then see uh, what Angela and that priest are talking about, and she's just basically trying to convince the priest that his her sister needs well the yeah a, a, a proper Catholic, Catholic burial, burial with full rites and everything. And the priest is like, "Look, I talked talk to the uh, the archdiocese, and they just can't." And I want to put a pin in it right there. So the idea is in uh, uh, Catholic faith, if you are someone that Catholicism. has whatever. Uh, if you are someone that has suffered mental illness for years and you end up taking your life, the Catholic faith is more willing to look the other way and give you full burial rights because you were not 100% within your faculties. But it wasn't. It wasn't always that way. Right. But within the past like 100 years, it has been that way. Well, I don't know so how, how long it's been that Within 2005, way. it would have been that way. But the, the idea is um, one of the, the rules of the Catholic Church is if you commit suicide, you go straight to hell. Right. Uh, you, you, you are no longer able to go to heaven. Because you ended your own life. Right. You murdered yourself and there's no way that you can then repent or repent or atone for that final act of murder. So you Yeah, yeah, the 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 sin. So you And that's basically what he tells Angela. Angela's character or Angela is that There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do because because she killed herself, right. like, sorry. Yeah. She's doomed to spend eternity in hell. Right. Uh, we then cut outside that this church, and Angela's already standing outside. Constantine comes out. It's raining and stormy, and, and Constantine's like, oh, it looks like it's a nice night out. Which automatically, someone would be like, what are you fucking talking no, about? No, it's not. <laughs> right. It's rainy and gross. Um, uh, and, and Chaz... Chaz is up at the curb of the uh, steps. Well, I think I think we missed we missed a scene, um, because you see Angela like reviewing the footage. That's after this scene with the uh, the DT like bug snake things. I thought it was before. No, because she doesn't know who Constantine is. Well, right. I'm. I thought it was before because in this you see Constantine turn up his coat. And then walk off into the night, mm. and you see Chaz Kramer sitting there in the cab, and he's like, John, John, and just calling him John, and then he finally goes, Hey, Constantine. Yeah. And you see, like, but a, in that instance, she would have ran up to him. That's why I'm oh, saying that that scene would have been after she figures out that, oh, her sister said Constantine. Oh, maybe she's talking about that John Constantine guy I just heard about. So I think it's after the scene because what happens is that, yeah. It could be. John goes off as Chaz is yelling for him to get back in the car. It's raining, shit like that. John doesn't, you know, acknowledge him at all, just continues walking off. We then cut to, it's a quick cut, him leaving like a a store of some sort. I think he has like a pack of cigarettes. Or no, he's got cough medicine with him again because he was starting to hack as he was walking through the storm. He's got cough medicine with him. We then see this like entity as he's unpackaging the cough medicine. We see like this figure come up to the side of him. We don't know who it is. We don't even know if it's just a regular like uh, extra in the movie. You don't know what it is. Right. And you hear, hey, buddy, got a light? And as he's going to go grab for his lighter, we then see the uh, matchbox with like the screeching beetle in it. He, Constantine automatically knows it's not right. someone. It's a something. 
Um, he's, he goes to shake it. The entity attacks Constantine right away, and we see it's just like this, like like swirling vortex and like a humanoid form of like bugs, millipedes, snakes, crabs, snakes. Like you said, just all different like types of like creepy crawly uh, life in the form of like some sort of like human, and basically telling John, he's like, "You need to keep your nose out of our business," type bullshit. Right, your time's up. Yes, um, but and he's starting to like strangle John, and John the screeching beetles just just out of reach. And John's trying to reach for it, and as he gets so close, the beetle like pulls his or not the beetle, but the entity pulls his arm away. John quickly grabs like some sort of like debris bar of some sort on the ground. Yeah, it looks like it looks like uh, what stop signs are right put into the ground with um it's just like this weird angular piece of metal um and then he just smacks the beetle uh box on the ground the entire entity just freaks out and like starts spreading apart john quickly no, he, he smacks the creature with it and it like loosens his grip and then he reaches over and grabs the beetle box and shakes see, i it. thought he hit it real quick to give him some sort of reprieve to reel back and then hit the oh, thing see, and i then- thought i thought that like he grabbed it and he used he used the force of it trying to pull him back to smack it in the the face swirliness. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, and we just see this like back it's and not, forth. It's not exactly corporeal. Yeah, it, it's it's in human form esque because you kind of also see like a face in it as well as it's trying to yell at John Constantine for right. getting too close to what's going on. Um, so anytime it tries to start strike at John, John shakes the box, the beetle screeches, everything starts freaking out, and then John starts running away from it, and he times it just right. As he gets out of the way of the vehicle, uh, the uh, entity jumps at John, he ducks, it stands on the other side of him, and John just smirks at the thing, and a fucking van comes out of nowhere and just runs right into the fucking thing obliterating it completely you see all these bug guts smash against the window you see like the there's like several snakes within this like swirling mess of shit and they hit the window as well we see crabs on the ground john is just starting to crush all of them with his feet and shit yeah he smashes the bugs and punts one of the crabs <laughs> right uh he checks himself puts his coat straight on him uh back on his square on his shoulders and then we cut to the scene of rachel or rachel of uh angela not uh, like basically passed out at her computer after she's been watching the scene of her sister falling. Or maybe, no, she's watching the scene. She dozes off for a bit, and then uh, she hears uh, her sister say, Constantine. She uh, rewinds the video, not sure what she just heard, and uh, it doesn't say it again. And, and she's just like, and you see you see the scene that you saw at the beginning, her standing like right on the edge, and she like puts a finger underneath her hospital bracelet, pops it off, looks at the camera... And says, Constantine. Mm-hmm. And then she falls. Um, and we, sh- we see Angela write the name Constantine on like a scratch pad. And then we cut to, uh, I believe, John in his apartment just drinking and smoking at this point. He sees a spider crawl on the yep. table that he's at. He traps it underneath the glass that he was drinking from. Blows smoke in it. Traps smoke in with the spider. And he's like, welcome to my life. And then he hears a knock on the door. And it's Angela at the door. She basically tells him, like, look, uh, people believe my sister killed herself. I don't. Uh, my sister used to say she used to see things, yada, yada, yada. I've been told in my line of work that... Like, I've heard your name before at the station. Right, and we sh- there's a small little scene we also forgot, is that she is repenting for her sins to some sort of priest. And she's basically telling her, like, I had to kill another man. 
I don't know why it was uh, the second one within a week that I had to kill. And she and we see that she's a cop of some sort. That's why she was at the yeah. police scene earlier. And uh, that she goes into, I don't know why, but I always know where to shoot. Right. Um, and yeah, she's basically telling Constantine that she heard from different police officers in her precinct that he is someone to talk to when you it comes to things like that. You deal with weird shit. Right. Um, and he's like having none of it. He, yep. he doesn't want to help her at all. Sorry, can't help you. Um, and it's like classic Constantine. He's basically telling her to go fuck herself. He's not helping her at all. This is that isn't it, it isn't pertinent to him. He doesn't give a shit. Right. Um, and she's like, well, can you point me in the right direction? He points to the door of his apartment, basically telling her to get the fuck out. Uh, I believe she also tells him to go fuck himself as well, and storms out of the apartment. And then as she does, we see all like these winged creatures. Like arc by the uh, on Constantine's apartment building, and he he automatically he immediately starts chasing after. Her. Right, he knows something is up, and then we get this like backstory of what is going on between demons, angels, God, and well, Satan. Well, you see, you see her go to her car, mm. and he walks up behind her. She's like, "Oh, I thought you didn't want to help me," and he's like, "Okay, well, let me tell you a little story." Right, and he basically gives the backstory of what's going on, and he basically tells her, "Is like." What if I told you that God and Satan had a running bet about, uh, I think it's like, for, the fate of mankind. Yeah, for the fate of mankind. And she basically tell, and he tells her, like, there are these creatures called half-breeds that whisper ideas into people. And she's not believing any of it because she's like, people are evil inherently. There's nothing, no secret ability, nothing behind it. Just people are shit because that's what people are, just shitbags. And she's like, what you're talking about is Satan. I don't believe in Satan. And one of the best lines in the movie happens in this. And I've been so hoping to whip it out in some sort of like scenario or, or some sort of conversation. She says, I don't believe in Satan. Constantine replies with, you should. He believes in you. Holy fuck, Ryan. That is an amazing line. <laughs> um, and as they're talking, the lights are starting to go dim yes. everywhere. And... He's basically leading her back into a store window with the Virgin Mary. Yeah, it's some sort of like a religious icon to basically help protect them just a little bit longer as everything starts to basically black out at this point. She whips out her gun. And he's like, I really don't think that's going to be of any help. Um, we just see him whip out like a piece of cloth and his lighter and shit. We see him wrapping around his hand. And then it goes completely black. Um, yes, and all you hear is like this jittering of talons and wings and, and flapping and shit like that. And then all of a sudden, we just see this eruption of fire happen and all these demons around them and shit. And as the eruption of fire happens, it starts spreading throughout the other demons. They all turn burn into a crisp and shit. Um, did you ever find out what that uh, piece of cloth that Constantine has no. wrapped around? So I did. Uh, well, kind of. In the IMDb trivia of the movie, apparently in the commentary track of this movie, uh, Francis Lawrence explains what that cloth is. And apparently it's like a piece of Moses' robes um, that he's using right there that's able to take out all those demons. Splitting splitting the sea of the demons coming out. Right, right. Um, But that's pretty much what it is. And then uh, John walks out to the middle of the street and he's basically remembering a conversation he had with Papa Midnight and he's like uh what was the line he's like he's basically not believing what he what he's been told that demons can't do anything that they 
can't come to earth or something like that. He's like, demons can't come to earth, can they? And he walks out in the middle of the street looking at all the, like, the smoldering ash starting to uh, disappear and shit. And we see uh, Angela just starting to throw up and shit. And he's like, happens to everybody. It's the sulfur uh, when they first are introduced to it. She walks up to him, sulfur, and then he's like, "Uh, I think this is where we get the breakfast scene. Or him eating some sort of breakfast meal. I'm starving. Right. Uh, We then cut to... What is the next scene? Them, it's not them eating yet. It's something else. I want to say it's them eating. I think I think jump cuts or like smash cuts to them eating. And he's explaining more of his backstory at this point. Well, no, no, no. He doesn't go into his backstory yet. That's not till after he goes to hell to find. Oh, Isabel. no, no, no. That is when he doesn't want to eat until after he goes to hell because he's like smoldering and shit holding the cat. That's right. Um, and she's like, so what next? And then they go into Angela's apartment and he's, she's filling up some sort of like, uh, like pot of water and shit. And she's like, or the, whenever he's standing in the middle of the road and she's like, what next? And he's like, so you said your sister wouldn't commit suicide, her, wouldn't commit suicide. Right, right. Let's check. Um, yeah. And then they're in the, in Angela's apartment. She's she based, fills up a roasting pot. Yes. Um, and he asked for the cat, but I'm not sure why directly, why he needs the cat. Well, no. Um, he asks for something of her sister's. Oh, uh, okay. And she's like, well, the cat. Which is and, named Duck. And he's like, he's like, cats are good. They're, They're half, half in, in, half, half out, out anyway. Yes. Which in Egyptian um, um, parlance, that's, cats are highly revered in Egyptian mythos. Um, they are like the gatekeepers of yeah, hell. Yeah, guardians of the underworld. Um, so he's holding on to the cat, and, and as he's doing that, he's, he tells Angela, look, I need you to leave. She goes to another room. He's like, no, the apartment. Well, yeah, it, he, like he, she puts the, the, the thing of water down in front of him, and he. Uh, puts his feet into it. No, he turns it with his feet, like for. Yeah, because it's like. Uh, for due south or something like that. I don't know. I think it was just so his, well, his entire feet will fit into it because it's like one of those like it, I oblong. It I thought I thought he said something about a about a uh, the like a, electric chair that he sits in later has like to a point east direction. Oh, that that might be it. Um, which goes into Islam. We'll, I'll explain it right. later. Um, uh, but yeah, he turns it uh, long ways instead of it being sideways uh, from the chair. I guess. Um, so that basically his both his feet could fit in somewhat comfortably into this roast pan. Um, he grabs the cat, holds on to the cat, tells her to leave the apartment. She is a bit apprehensive to the idea. Uh, but as she leaves the apartment, she's like, don't hurt the cat. Uh, he just looks at her straight on. She slowly starts to leave. As the apartment closes all the way, we then cut to John basically like, Looking at this cat staring, straight on, yeah, staring in <laughs> holding its face, like just like right in the palm of its hands and shit, just ho- looking at it. And as time slows down, we then cut to uh, like a wide shot of John in hell at this point. What we are presuming is hell. It, everything's fucking on fire. It's basically like what would happen if you were to sit in the middle well, of an area not after even, a nuclear blast. It's not even really on fire. It's just like it's smoldering, covered in ash yeah. and like tones of sapia and orange yeah, like yeah. it's and he's walking through trying to fucking figure out what the hell is going on if he could find rachel at any point 
uh, as he's walking through the streets of L.A., we then, it, the camera pans down to below the ground of what is hell L.A., and it's just people being ripped apart by demons. Hell-A? Yes, <laughs> hell um, But yeah, it's just people being ripped apart by demons, just screaming and shit like that. And then we cut to one of the demons, and it's basically like half its fucking head is gone. We just see like... They're, they're all like that, though. Right. Um, all the demons, like the, the top... Half. From, from basically... The nose. From basically like a little bit above the nose, because you yeah. get like the grooves of where your nostrils, nostrils would are. be. Yeah. But everything else from that up is gone. Right. Um, we see one of them smell something. And speaking of which, like the the design. The fucking art design in this movie is fucking Fantastic. spectacular in this movie. Like, obviously, people had an issue with Keanu Reeves not being blonde with a tan coat. I get it. But it's basically the same thing. What he has is just a different color. It's like yeah. putting Batman in a white outfit. Still does the same thing. He's just in a white outfit, which guess what, Ryan? They have put Batman in a white outfit yeah. in the comics. He has Arctic right. camouflage. It's not a so. huge deal. I get why people were a bit upset because they wanted to see the actual character they've come to love on right. screen. He, he wears, instead of a brown duster, he wears a black duster and a right. black tie instead of a red tie. Right. And he's got black There's hair just instead of blonde hair. slight variations with Keanu Reeves. Right. And, <laughs> and I think that's mainly because, if you remember correctly, this movie uh, came out like two years after the third Matrix movie came out. Yeah, and you remember the uh, the uh, like the color scheme of that movie was green, blacks, silver, gunmetal right. gray, shit like that. So you had something similar. So they were trying to dovetail from Matrix into this, and even though a lot of people didn't like the the third Matrix movie, which granted has its issues, and we'll get to those movies, um, people were still high uh, on Keanu Reeves at that point. That's why this movie came out shortly after the Matrix movies, right? And I think that's what the rationale was for him being in all black with the black hair and everything. It very well could have been. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, one of the demons smells Constantine. And he starts trailing him. And then a, a few more start collecting. And a few more and a few more just start chasing after Keanu. And he sees... He's, he's kind of picking up speed to keep away from them. Yeah, so they don't um, catch up to him. But, they, but he also sees Isabel, like... On the edge of... Uh, at the edge of an overpass. Yes. Because he's on, like, a highway. And so he starts running after her. Um, she rips off the... Uh, and you, you hear her once again say, Constantine. Constantine. And she rips off The medical bracelet. Medical bracelet. And lets it go. And the wind blows it towards Constantine. Um, and yeah. And as all these demons are about to tackle see, him, he jumps up. You see him up. run and jump up. It's all like this, like car. last, like little, like few seconds of the of this shot is like all very slow mo because he jumps up, grabs it, smashes a fucking like uh, a like little boblet of uh, holy water. Holy water yeah. It brings him back out of hell. He's coughing and shit as the apartment door closes. Angela, it's only been like a millisecond of a moment, right? To her, to her. Um, the apartment closes. She hears John coughing. She opens the door back up. He's like fucking smoking, smoking. at this point. He's like hurled over coughing. And he says, he says, your sister did commit suicide. Her soul is in hell. Yes. And he opens his hand and he's holding the, her medical bracelet. Right. And we should also show like the early on in the movie, you saw her fall. We also see her fall in hell, but as she's falling, she gets grabbed by a bunch of demons and starts being ripped apart and shit. Right. Um, which is what her sister has feared all along. That Reli- she's in hell. Right. Reliving her suicide over and over again right. for the rest of eternity. Um, Rachel is now starting to come up 
or uh, come around to the idea of her sister committing suicide. She doesn't know why, but she's coming out, coming around to the idea. And this is where we Keanu Reeves saying, "Are you hungry?" I sure am, or whatever the fuck. We then cut to he says, "I'm starving," right. and they we, smash cut to them eat them uh, eating. Well, it's smash cut to eggs being cracked open. Yeah, on, on an oven on the, and all that. Yeah. And then he's basically telling her about what God and Satan have planned to do with every human and shit like that. It's just uh, expelling on more of what he said earlier about God and Satan having this wager and shit. Right. And he also talks about how he doesn't want to go back there. And she's like, back there. And then you also get his backstory. We, I, there's also another fantastic line before we get into his backstory. Um, she's basically telling him... Uh, she's not sure if she believes in any of the God being this uh, malevolent. And he, Keanu Reeves is like, God's a kid with an ant farm, and we're all fucked. Yeah. Um, and then he goes into his backstory. And then we find out in this whole sequence of events that Constantine tried to kill himself. He was, as a, as a teenager, or as a child... He used to see creepy things. He used things. to see creepy things. And... He ended up telling his he parents was, about it. He and they didn't believe him, and he was tired of it. And then she surmises that he killed himself, and he's like, "Yes, I was." Well, she says you tried to kill yourself, and Keanu Reeves is I like, was like, "Yeah, I didn't. No, try. I didn't try. I did. <laughs> I was dead for a few minutes before the paramedics brought me back to life." And we see all like quick shots of this happening. Right, you see him in a in an ambulance, and then he dies in the ambulance, and you see like the. The smash to hell, yeah. Where uh, and it's very similar to like if you ever seen like uh, old footage of like nuclear testing, like nuclear explosion yeah. testing, where everything just gets blown to the side and shit, and it's just a, a, a wasteland of just nothing. Right. It's very similar to what happens here. Um, and he says that I was dead for two minutes, but two minutes in this world is a lifetime in hell. Right. Um, and then he's like, when I was brought back, it was from that moment I knew I had to, he doesn't say buy his way back into heaven, but he pretty much, that, that's what he's saying. He's like, I need to buy my way back into heaven because there's no way in hell I'm going back to hell. Um, and then we then cut to Father Hennessy, like going through all these like news clippings and shit. Oh and no, he, that happens earlier. He goes through all the news clippings, I think before they go to her apartment. Oh really? Yeah. And then... There's also another scene where he goes to the morgue, and I can't remember exactly where it's. It's at. after it's after he's going through the news clippings. Right, right. Because he doesn't know about Isabel uh, or any of that. He just knows that he's supposed to keep an ear out for anything weird going on. And he's listening to the ethers, hearing all these voices come in. He's rubbing his hands over all these like news articles and shit. And uh, he stops. He grabs one of grabs them. it, and it's of uh, Isabel killing herself in the hospital. He, uh, we then see him go to like the morgue where Isabella's body is, and we just see him like say this chant. He sees like this symbol inscribed on Isabella's wrist. He says this chant. His eyes go completely white as he makes this chant. He then uh, juts back out of whatever trance he's in, and then realizes I'm fucked. And then just runs out of the morgue. Yeah, he freaks the fuck out. Um, we see him run into like a convenience store, like bodega Basically type thing across the street. Right, and he's just ripping over and open any alcoholic bottle he can to just try to pour down his face. Well, no, first he just tries to like uncork them and drink them. Okay, and for whatever reason, and I I fucking love this scene. Yeah, it, it's a brilliant like, scene. You see him try to drink and he can't drink. 
nothing's happening. And so he... But the moment he lets go of the bottle, all the liquid starts coming right, out of the bottle. all the liquid starts pouring out of the bottle. And he does it like three or four times just trying to drink out of the bottle. And it's not working, not working. And so you see him start shattering the tops of bottles mm-hmm. and try to drink out of the... Just the oh, broken, broken open portion, and nothing's coming out, and he's freaking out, and then he just falls to the ground, and then all this liquid. Which well, no, no, no. Um, you see, as he's like scrambling and frantic, trying to drink all this stuff, you see uh, Balthazar, Balthazar, yeah, come up behind him, like in the like very sinister, like in the in the bodega, like circling with his eyes glowing red. Just watching. Just watching. Doesn't do anything, just watches. And uh, the priest then approaches the front and, like, knocks over a thing of corkscrews. Yeah. And just starts stabbing his hand with a corkscrew over and over again. And then after he gets what he's trying to do on his his hand, we don't see what it is. um, You see him turn over and, like, his eyes roll back. And all of the liquor that he's had at that point, he was in real time drinking all that liquid, all that liquor. But to For him, he reason, wasn't he was believing not. it. Um, but yeah, and then all that li- liquid starts pouring out of his mouth. You see him basically choke to death on on liquor. Um, liquor. He dies. Uh, what is the next scene? It flashes back to them finishing eating, and she gets a call. Oh, that's right, right. They're they're still having a conversation. She gets a call. And uh, then they just quickly cut to uh, Rachel Dawes talking to her. Rachel Dawes. Uh, Rachel or Angela Dodson talking to her partner about what was going on and what happened. And the, the, he basically retells the story of what happened to the guy. The guy came in and it sounded like a fraternity prank. He starts uh, knocking back bottles left yeah, and right. Drown himself in booze. Yes. And Constantine walks in, and then all the cops are like, hey, whoa, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, and Angela's like, no, no, it's fine. He's with me. Um, Constantine immediately knows who it is. Yeah, it's his father, Hennessy, and he's like, why didn't you call me? And he reaches into the uh, priest's uh, like front jacket pocket, pulls out the necklace that he told the priest to take off, Puts it back on, or no, he takes it with him. Yeah, he takes it with him. Um, looks at his friend who has now died, and you see that you and Keanu Reeves is fucking. I I don't know what people have an issue with in this movie because he's acting his ass off in the scene because he has this look on him like, not another one, not another one of my friends gone because right. of something I did. Fuck. Then he sees something in the priest's hands. Not sure what it is. Grabs like a chunk of ice off to the side that was knocked over, like destroyed yeah. in the process of, the, of Hennessy freaking out. Rubs it on the palm and then reveals like a circle with a cross through it. We don't know what it is. We'll find out later. Um, he pats it onto like a white cloth, gets a copy of it, and then uh, basically fucks off. <laughs> like there's no yeah, they, <laughs> no follow up by anybody. Then they leave. And I'm trying to think of what the oh there's there's also a thing that he says whenever he comes back out of hell, and he's like. You guys were twins. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. He brings. He brings. Yeah, she never mentioned this to anybody at right. all. He brings it up and and she's like, "Yeah, we're identical twins." And then I think the next scene is they go. Well, the next scene is the guy holding the spear attacking the guy in the vehicle. That's right. Um, he approaches it. He j- the guy the guy holding the spear just walks up to some guy in some outside of some sort of convenience store. He looks up and then all we hear is like smashing a car. Pulling out of the parking lot like real fucking quickly and shit, just headed towards L.A. LA. Um, and then dun, we cut dun, to dun. 
them in a uh, uh, in Ange- or in Angela's car talking to B Man about what they found. The symbol. Um, yeah, and it's just uh, we just see B Man on the phone, and he's just like, uh huh, okay, okay, and then that's it, and then it cuts to them in uh, Isabella's room. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's in Isabella's room, her hospital room, and you see, it's just a series of events of, of uh, uh, Angela talking to Constantine about their childhood, about what happened and all that. Well, and he's like, she would have left you a clue. like Was there some sort of like secret message that the two of you did, have? Did you have a secret place that you would hide stuff? Did mm-hmm. you have this? Did you have that? She's like, no, no, nothing, nothing, nothing's coming to mind. He's like, no, think. Yes. Think harder. And he grabs her and he starts yelling at her and shit. Right, and he's like turning he's, her. He's basically trying to rile her up. He's turning her out around. And he says something about a secret language. Mm-hmm. And she freaks out and is like, I don't know. And like walks over to the window. And, and as she's just like basically breathing, trying to think of something. Breathing heavily, and she sees the, the window start to fog up in her breath. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we used to write each other messages in the the steam on windows on windows uh she blows steam on the window uh and then just a uh an inscription is on the window uh corinthians 17 1 excuse me we then quick cut back into angela's car and she's like john there is no corinthian chapter 17 of corinthians and john's like no not in uh, uh, not in Holy your Bible, Bible, but in Hell's Bible, there is. There's several chapters. There's now, twenty six, I, I think he says. Yeah, uh, I want to put a pin in this, um, and I want to explain how that there are for anybody that is of the Christian, Catholic, uh, Presbyterian faith of any sort, Lutheran, whatever, what have you. It's all basically the same thing. They just have different ways of practicing that same religion. Any any of the Christ religions. There was, at one point in history, now there, it's up against a lot of speculation of a council that decided on uh, what books were in the Bible. Like Mary Magdalene had her own Bible. Um, I think uh, like there's a character in the, the Jewish Bible, the Torah, called Ezra. That's not anywhere in our Bible. That's also supposed to be in uh, the... Uh, King the com- James, the complete works, right. quote unquote. Um, and, and that's why a lot of people contest this because uh, there are things throughout history pointing to this council. I think it's like the Council of uh, Nakia or Nakia, or uh, I can't remember exactly. Uh, but also Dan Brown, his his book uh, Da Vinci Code, takes those ideas, uh, boils it down to one thing. And then everyone thought that that was the real thing. Now, what this there was an actual council of Nakia or Nakaya or however you want to say it. It's probably Nakaya, based on the dialect of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what a lot of historians are saying is that the council of Nakaya, what they were mainly there to do was uh, to establish if Jesus was actually created by God or if he was just a human created by other humans, given uh, some sort of connection to God. And that's what the council was. Uh, mainly there to um, establish. Now, throughout history, we've been getting hints at that same counselor throughout the decades, and I mean fucking decades. I think they met up in like 1348, and nothing got really decided until like 1522 or some stupid shit like that. It took right. decades, centuries to fucking figure out what the fuck they were going to do. Um, there have been hints of this same council deciding on what books were in the Holy Bible before it became the King James Version and right. all that. So, 
they are expanding on that idea of and Satan and Satanists have their own Bible. It's just called the Satanic Bible and shit like that. Uh, in this movie, they call it Hell's Bible, um, which I don't know why, but I kind of like a little bit better than Satanic Bible because the Holy Bible is basically like the Holy Heavens and shit like that. Hell's yeah. Bible, Hell, yeah. It, I don't know. I just like the idea of Hell's Bible. Um, but yeah, they're back in the car. Uh, they're talking to B Man, and he's basically telling them what the fuck is going on, what Corinthians one or what Corinthians chapter 17, verse one says. And it's basically the birth of the Antichrist. Um, Mammon. Well, no, not the Antichrist. The Antichrist is its own separate thing. Mammon is the first son of the devil who was Which born. It's basically the Antichrist is what I'm trying to get. Cause it's the same thing, just different ways to go about it. Because well, in Christianity, no, no, no. they have the Antichrist. And, well, right. But in the in the Christian religion, the Antichrist heralds the beginning of the end times in which Satan comes over, comes right. up and takes over the world. Right. That's in our Bible. But they're saying in the Hell's Bible, it's Mammon. Well, right. But in in this, Mammon is the first son of Satan who wants to overtake his father's position and rule everything. So he's trying to to supersede his father and was it everything? And, I think he just wanted his own thing on earth. I think he wanted hell to be hell, heaven to be heaven, but he just wanted well, to rule maybe, over earth. Maybe, but like uh it's supposed to belong to the devil. So this is all very hush hush behind the devil's right, right. back. And the idea is that uh, Satan was always supposed to conquer over Earth within due time, just not right. just yet. And that's what that symbol is on uh, Isabella's uh, wrist and on the priest's hand is that, that circle with the cross through it. That's Mammon's symbol, and that's basically to tell of the uh, coming of Mammon. Um, basically, but- for Mammon to be brought into this world, it needs, he needs uh, a powerful psychic and the help of God. And everybody's like, the help of God, what the fuck do you mean? And I don't think I don't think they make the connection with the spear of destiny just yet. No, they don't. Because nobody knows about the spear of destiny just yet until later on in the movie. Um, and then uh as B Man is basically explaining to them what everything that's going on in the Hell's Bible, we hear like different things knocking in the background of, of B Man's place, of the bowling rink. And then as he's getting done uh telling them everything that's in the Bible about Mammon the entire uh, place lights up and starts activating and all the little pistons and shit start uh, uh, moving and shit. And B-Man's like, something's here. Somebody's here. I'm fucked because no one's here to help me. And he basically tells uh, Constantine, he's like, I know you have a little faith when it comes to God and all this, but I need you to understand that you may not have faith, but we have faith in you. And then uh, B-Man hangs up and then we just see... B-Man's starting to struggle uh, with something. We're not sure what. And then we just see like a, a fly start crawling out of his eye. And then um, we cut back to inside the car. Them pulling up to the bowling alley. Because right. Because they start hightailing it to him. Back in the, uh, the bowling rink. And uh, they run into the back of the bowling rink. Or wait. I thought it was them pulling up to the bowling rink. I thought that wasn't until after she got her powers, though. No, that's later on. Because I, the way I understand is that... Uh, th- she gets her powers afterwards, and then she goes back to the bowling rink because I think Constantine lives above the bowling rink. Because they are right back in the bowling rink after the powers, 
And she's basically oh, yeah, standing there right. during right. the finger you're twirl. Right. You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, they run into the bowling rink, go find, into the back. They find B-Man dead. dead, just covered in flies and shit. Don't know what or how or who killed uh, B-Man, but he's he's dead at this point. They're back in Constantine's apartment, and Angela... And Constantine is pissed. Yes, he's smoking a cigarette, just fucking quietly contemplating of all the different ways of fucking sending whoever did this back to hell. Um, and then Angela basically tells Constantine, he's like, look, I had the same powers as my sister. I was a psychic as well. I just kept it to myself. My sister would constantly ask me to, uh, to, to confirm her, her uh, see, or, uh, issues, and I just wouldn't. Like, you used, you, or I used to see him, too, and she asked me to tell people that I did, and I lied and said I didn't until I actually didn't. Right. And, yeah, because she repressed it enough, it just stopped happening altogether. Um, she then uh, tells Constantine, like, look, I abandoned my sister. I need to help her in some way. Can you bring back my psychic ability? And Constantine telling her, is like, this isn't going to be easy. And uh, it's not a good idea because if I reawaken them... There's no turning back. There's no turning back. So this is it. If... This is what you want. You're, this, you, it's, we're not going to undo what we do here tonight. And she's like, well, I've got to do something. And then we cut to them in Constantine's bathroom. She's handing him a bunch of stuff. And we get in another like, little witty scene. Angela asks Constantine, he's like, do I need to take off all my clothes or what I have on? Perfectly fine. And we just see Constantine just look down at her. And he takes a good fucking while to basically be like, no, it's fine. Um, she smirks at the idea. Um, the tub fills up all the way. Constantine shuts it off. She steps into the tub, and Constantine tells her, I need you fully submerged. She lays down in the tub. She lays all the way down in the tub with her head below the water. Constantine holds her uh, against the floor of the tub, and she just looks back up at Constantine. Well, she just lays there for a Yeah, and we see this minute. like con- uh, comedic bit because we think something's going to happen. Nothing does, and she's just like tapping on the side of the, the, the tub that she's in. Nothing happens. She starts to lose and oxygen. Then, and then Constantine puts his hand on her chest. Yes. And she starts to lose oxygen and starts struggling. And it's just basically what is happening is that Constantine is basically bringing her. her. He, he's bringing her to the brink of death. And we see like this cool scene of like the water droplet dropping from the faucet. And as it does, it stops for a second and then continues down in its downward trajectory. And as that happens... Boom! The water erupts from the wa- uh, the water erupts from the tub. Angela gets tossed out of the tub. The tub basically breaks off into many parts. All the water comes rushing out. I don't think out. she gets tossed out of the tub. I think the like bottom of it just like, whatever the where, rushing of the water where the, where the drain is like just fucking like pulls her out, blows apart. Yeah, and she kind of just slides onto the floor with constant yeah all pieces of the tub come flying out and shit and she's breathing uh heavily and shit like that constantine's not sure what the fuck just happened she's just uh chanting i got lucky saying a bunch of gibberish at this point nobody knows what the fuck is going on constantine's just looking at her he's like angela angela she quickly runs out of the apartment runs back to the bowling rink stands a few feet of where they found b-man's body uh it she's twirling her fingers like you would with a coin she lowers herself really slowly and out of the grate of the floor that they're on, she pulls out a coin. And Constantine automatically knows Balthazar was here. Balthazar killed B-Man. Um, 
he gets pissed and then we just see him at b-man's like workshop workstation uh table just starting to pull things from the shelves and shit just assembling something getting ready for war yeah and pissed off um and then we see him assemble it all together he tries it out on pat like a like a carton of cigarettes the fucking thing like erupts and just incinerates the fucking carton of cigarettes yeah um we then see constantine and angela approach this like tall building they go into like the parking uh garage of this building uh and constantine tells her like look you're staying in the car i'm gonna go deal with balthazar you stay here he hands her the necklace he puts it on her uh yeah because they play with this idea of him going to kiss her several times throughout the movie but he leans in puts the necklace on her she thinks she was going to be kissed by constantine it wasn't which I really commend the movie for not having them become romantically romantically involved. Because they could have easily, in yeah. the early 2000s, they could have easily made the... And I think that's why they play with that idea several times throughout the movie. Because it would be at that particular time when those two characters would kiss and then eventually right. go and fuck or whatever. Um, but I really enjoy that they didn't actually do that. Um... Constantine tells her to keep it on, never take it off. He says, you stay here. I'm going to go deal with that. He goes and fucks off. And then we cut to Balthazar in some sort of like conference room looking at himself in a mirror. And as he is, it's starting to bubble and like uh, arc and like just something's happening on the other side. Right. But as he is looking at it, it boom, erupts right in front closer of his face. And uh, yeah, all this glass starts erupting with fire right behind it. And Balthazar, this is where we get this is ridiculous acting from fucking Gavin Rosdale. Um, he's like, fire, I was born in fire, blah, 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 shit like that. Constantine um, basically smashes one of like the little like holy water boblets on his face, and the uh, like skin on the side of uh, Balthazar's face just basically melts off, and then you see the demon underneath. That's better. Uh, all natural is what he says, and he uh, punches Constantine a few times, pushes him up against the wall, hoists him up in the air as he continues to punch him, and says a, a few other things. And then as that's happening, you see Constantine like rummage in his pocket, and he pulls out like a pair of brass knucks with like uh, uh, that crosses. Are covering crosses. Um, but uh, one of the trivia things that I also found out is that uh, in the uh, commentary for the movie, Francis Lawrence says. The idea behind those cut or those uh, brass knucks are that they were uh, metal from the Crusades that were boiled down with gold and then etched with crosses on them. So it has some sort of like lineage to it. Um, but yeah, uh, Constantine busts the guy in the mouth a few times. He knocks back, falls onto the conference table again. Constantine gets back up on Balthazar, mounts him, and then just starts giving him his last well, rites. He is basically asking him like. Like what is what, how, how is man how is man going to get here? Um, Balthazar's not telling him shit. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then uh, Constantine basically gives him his last well, rights. He plays with him and he's like, you know, uh, did you know that? Or Balthazar's like, send me back. I don't care. Mm. And he's like, oh, I'm not sending you back. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he whips out a Bible. And he's like. I'm going to give you your last rites, <laughs> yeah. so you go to heaven instead of hell. Right, a demon in heaven. Who to thank? <laughs> and so he starts reading his last rites, and you see Balthazar like 
he, start he's, getting he's very worried. Pissed off and worried and like, no, I don't want this to happen. I can't. And then Constantine's like, well, how is Manning going to get here? And Balthazar's like, I can't tell you. He starts finishing up on the uh, last rice thing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy. <laughs> um, and ba- Balthazar basically tells him, he's like, he needs the blood of God. The spear of destiny. Spear of destiny. Um, and then it basically tells him, it's like, it's on its way right now. And I have now brought uh, the last piece that he needs. And we see Angela come out from behind of like a corridor of some sort, well, holding her gun. Well, no, you get the, like he says, the spear of destiny. And he's like, it's on its way now. And uh, then you get another like quirky uh, Constantine moment. Where he's like, yeah, last rites don't work <laughs> unless you want them to. You big dumb idiot. <laughs> like, Haha, I fucking fooled you. You big dumb dumb. <laughs> um, and then like, Balthazar tells him, like, look, you brought the last piece that I needed. You brought the psychic. And that's who we needed to help bring man and mammon into this plane. And, and out comes turns Angela. around and looks at her. Is like, where's the necklace? Well, this is before, whenever Balthazar laughs a few times, Constantine hits him with another of that uh, dragon's breath thing. They leave. Constantine's looking at that drawing, and I forgot to mention this when we first started the movie, is that uh, the girl that was possessed by the demon drew uh, like a, a rudimentary version of the Spear of Destiny. Right. Um, Constantine had taken it, and he's looking at that. He's like, Spear of Destiny? How, how would they get God's help with the Spear of Destiny? And... Constantine's like, look, it has Jesus's dried blood on it. So that way, right there. Right. Um, And then uh, Constantine realizes she doesn't have the necklace on that she, that he gave her. Well, she like stops and is like looking at her stomach. Yeah. Something's going on. And then he looks at her and realizes she's not wearing the necklace. And he's like, where's the necklace? She's like, I thought I had it on on. and it must've fallen off. And I, I feel weird, and then... Right as she set, finishes that line, right away, immediately gets pulled through everything that's in that building. Everything starts being ripped out, being pulled apart. Like, all the Just walls like are giant breaking hole starts forming in and front of her as she's Constantine's out of the booking building. it right behind her, trying to catch up, trying to uh, figure out what the hell is going on. But something is pulling her out of the building and into the air. Constantine stops right before the edge of the building looks at it, and then just immediately bolts it out of the building. Not sure what the fuck is going on. He just knows Angela's now been taken. Doesn't know uh, sure what to do. We then cut to Constantine, basically pissed the fuck off. He's at Papa Midnight's club. He bursts into the fucking door. With Chaz. With Chaz. Um, he walks up to the bouncer. He says, what is it, like a frog on a ladder. or It's a bird on a ladder. He says the right thing, but the bouncer's like, no, you can't go in. Constantine automatically punches Just the punches guy. Punches him right in the fucking face. Uh, he gets knocked out. Uh, Chaz walked by the dead body, or the knocked out body, and kicks the guy. He's like, yeah, how about that? Rat in a dress, kicks the guy again. Uh, Constantine, the club is completely empty. Constantine whips out the big-ass gun that he's got with like the dragon breath and the shotgun and shit. Uh, fires a couple shots in the, the door leading into Papa Midnight's main office. Uh, pulls out, basically cocks the gun up to uh, head level to Papa Midnight and basically tells him, like, look, I need your fucking help. No more time for this fucking neutral bullshit. I need your assistance. I need to use the chair. Right. Um, and Papa Midnight's like, what are you doing? This is, this is not how things are 
played you here. You come into my house? Yes, and he starts to move his hands, and Constantine, like, holds onto the gun even uh, stronger, and he's like, don't even fucking try it. Well, because we missed a part in the, the first time he came to Papa Midnight's. Papa Midnight, like, grabbed him under the ribs. No, that's this happens here. Oh, does it? Yeah, yeah, because Papa Midnight is pissed off that he came here, blew a hole in his door, and is threatening his life. Because uh, right at that instance, Papa Midnight's like, no fucking way, charges at Constantine. Constantine doesn't fire Papa Midnight. He hoists him in the air, grabs him by the ribs, and just starts like tightening his fingers around his ribs and shit. And we see like singe marks happening on uh, Constantine's shirt and shit. And he's struggling and shit. And he's like, you're the only one playing by the rules. B-Man, Father Hennessy, they were your friends at one point. You need to help me figure out what the fuck is going on. And you see Papa Midnight starting to waver, but not really. And he's like, consider it my last right. Or uh, something along those lines. The last request of a dead man. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Papa Midnight's like, you play a dangerous game, lets him go. And then they go into like this big... uh, back room area of all these like different trinkets and implements and which would have been in Constantine's house. Yeah, pretty much. You got the, this should have been stuff that Constantine should have had. Um, but then they whip off a covering off of a chair and they're like this, this piece of metal and wood killed over 200 people in, uh, Sing Sing. Yep. Um, we're not sure what it's meant to do. We just know he needs it for some reason. And it's the electric chair from... Old Sparky's what they used to call right. it in Sing Thing. Uh, yeah, and it did end up killing over 200 people before they decommissioned it and brought in something else. Um, but uh, Constantine's like, okay, which way is east? He points it to east. Now, if you know anything about... And I was I hinted at it earlier. If you know anything about like uh, Islam and their faith and all that shit, Mecca, if you're in the west, it's always east. So if you were to pray to Mecca... You would be pointing Which, it to the east. In that, in the Muslim religion, you have to do, I believe it is several times a day. I'm not sure what times. I think it's like every like four, three or four hours or something like that. You have to pray. I, right. I'm not 100%. I, I've only read bits and pieces of the Quran, and I've only read maybe half the Torah, which is the Jewish Bible right. and shit. But yeah, I have no fucking idea about it. I can't remember, but I know, I know that it's at least daily. Yes. Um, he, they point the chair to the east. Constantine sits in it, takes off his shoes and socks. Papa Midnight just basically dumps water on the floor onto Constantine's uh, feet. Liquor. No, they take a drink of liquor. No, he takes a drink of liquor and he's like spitting it at his feet. I thought it was water and then he spits it at his feet. Maybe. Um, but anyway, uh, they basically are preparing Constantine for whatever is going to happen. Liquid, liquid on the ground. Um, uh, right before, uh, Constantine, like, goes through this, like, vortex thing, uh, Papa Midnight is like, have you ever surfed before? And he's like, and Constantine's like, not for a while, it's like riding a bike, and Papa Midnight's like, no, it's not. What you're about to do is not, like, fucking riding a bike. Um, you see Papa... Gives him a drink of the alcohol. Booze. Uh, he takes like a long swig off of the bottle, hands it back to uh, Papa Midnight. Papa Midnight takes a swig as well, and then just starts spitting uh, like alcohol at Constantine's fa- feet. And then he uh, like breaks the outer casing of a light bulb, and all you see is like the little like arcing wire and shit just uh, heating up and shit. And Papa Midnight. Fun fact: that is called the filament. Is it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Papa Midnight uh, is like. Looks at Constantine. He's like, are you ready for this? And Constantine's like, no. And then he just immediately stabs the fucking liquid on the ground. And we just see uh, Constantine. Electrocuting. Yeah, yeah, essentially electrocuting him. 
um, we just see Constantine being pulled through like this vortex of like time and uh, energy and shit, and he's just being brought back to when the spear was first discovered. Hey. A swirly, whirly, timey, wimey <laughs> thing. <laughs> right. Uh, we see Constantine with the guy that found the uh, Spear of Destiny first, and then we see him going through the uh, the border of from uh, Mexico you to see, the U.S. You see his trip to L.A. Yes. To the hospital. Um, and then the guy, Constantine, is right behind the guy. The guy quickly turns around, grabs Constantine, because we were under the assumption that the guy didn't know who Constantine was in that moment grabs him he yells for midnight midnight pulls him out and he's basically coughing he knows what he where he has to go at this point um we then cut to them inside like some sort of like kitchen area for like the club and shit and Chaz is like making shotgun shells and shit um and then they're having a conversation of what they should do because Constantine because in that whole like uh like montage of shit he also saw like a grouping of demons protecting uh, what was going right. to happen to Angela. And Constantine's like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with all these. And then Chaz basically whips out a huge litany of information to Papa Midnight and Constantine, basically proving to Constantine he's ready for this. He knows he knows his shit. And he basically, what I boiled it down to basically one sentence. Uh, Chaz says, we need the two crosses of hysteria, doesn't need the ordained to bless the water. And Chaz basically comes up with the idea of if we... Uh, bless the water in the sprinkler system. We can get everybody wet, get them out of their uh, like protection spells uh, from their uh, demon forms. And once you do that, you can take these uh, shotgun rounds and basically obliterate these motherfuckers left and right. Um, yeah, Constantine smiles. Papa Midnight basically is like, take him with you. Uh, he's ready, type shit. Mm-hmm. Um, before they go, Papa Midnight... Uh, well, they both, they both look at him and he's like, what? I've read all the books. I know my stuff. And they're like, well, yeah, yeah, you do. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, before they take off, we see Papa Midnight basically pray for Chaz to f- safe return and shit like that. He goes to do the same thing for uh, John Constantine. John basically tells him to go fuck himself. And they leave. And you just see John in the back of the car getting ready. Chaz basically trying to psych himself up, trying to get John to reassure him that what's going to happen is all par for the course when you're dealing with uh, the the spiritual and demons and angels and shit. And Constantine's like, look, it's not like it is in the books. What we're yep. about to face is not what you're going to be expecting. Um, they approach the hospital. We see them in the hospital, and we see, hear some sort of, like, chanting going on. We're not sure what the fuck is going on. We just hear chanting of some sort. And they split ways. Chaz goes up to the water reservoirs right. for... Um, Constantine goes to the right. We then cut to Angela in that pool area with the guy that had the Spear of Destiny. Um, she's in the water at this point because she had been dropped off earlier by whoever was carrying her from the main uh, like office building. Dropped her into the water. She uh, pops up out of the water, holding her gun, sees the guy, starts shooting rounds into the guy. It goes right through him, into the wall right behind him. Um, he grabs onto her. We then cut back to Chaz. In the uh, like water reservoir area, he uh, like pumps a few rounds into the like the opening uh, reservoir lid thing. Yeah, whatever the fuck the uh, pressure valve thing. I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, it exposes the water. Um, he tosses the uh, cross in, and all it is is basically like a regular cross with like a a second cross on top. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen it or anything. Uh, yeah. Any yeah. idea? Like, it's just basically like an extra line up top with like it's basically like a little cross on top of a big cross. That's the just the the, cro- the two crosses of hysteria is what it is. Um, tosses that in, and then we see Constantine in front of uh, all these demons, and he's basically telling them, "You can either leave now." None of none of them are paying any attention to him. Right, and he like grabs a chair and pulls it into the middle of the room. <laughs> yeah, he's like having a big like uh, like meeting with all these people, and they all turn around to look at him, and he just pulls it into the middle, and then climbs up and stands on it, uh, strikes his uh, lighter. He's well, ba- no, before he even strikes the lighter, this is when he delivers like the the. You can either stay or you can leave and get the fuck out of my way. Yes. Um, he strikes the lighter, raises it up to the none sprinkler of them, system. None of them even remotely move. Right. And he's like, fine, have it your way. Lights the lighter, holds it to the sprinkler system. And then it the goes sprinklers off. go off. Um, and then all the water starts soaking all the demons and shit. And you just see them start to sizzle. Nothing happens for a second. And they're all just kind of like, oh boy, I'm wet. <laughs> right. And then one of them starts to like sizzle yeah and all their and scammy then shit s- and then it, it screams followed by all of the rest of them screaming right as their uh just mass meat, chaos is as happening their meat at this point. suits are being melted off right uh just mass chaos they're all starting to lunge at uh constantine he's pumping rounds into them they're disintegrating into dust clothes are falling to the ground it's just a series of that he empties one uh, uh, like barrel of shotgun rounds, tosses it to the ground, loads it back up, and just starts taking out motherfuckers left and right. He gets to the last guy, and the gun clicks. Nothing happens. He's like, oh, fuck. I'm out of rounds, and this guy's about to uh, kill me. And then out of nowhere, a round comes uh, by Constantine, hits the guy. The guy disintegrates, and it's Chaz right behind Constantine taking out uh, the last demon, if you will. They then enter into the room where uh, Angela and the guy is, but the guy is now dead. He's just floating in the water. Um, Don't know where Angela is, and then all out of nowhere, she rises from the water, and she's fucked up at this point. She's clearly possessed by something. She attacks John. Yeah, I didn't didn't think she was yet. No, she's possessed at this point because they get her up out of the water. John is trying to uh, basically do some sort of, like, Latin incantation. She's writhing and shit. Looks like it's about to work, but then doesn't. And then Chaz does the same incantation with him. It works this time. And it looks like... What was it? Oh, it, yeah. And she gets back in control. Yeah. And she's like, what the hell's going on? And then, like, you see her stomach. And you see Mammon basically try to claw his way yeah, out of it's, her it's, stomach. It's like a more gruesome version. If you've ever dealt or seen, like, a pregnant woman ha- uh, dealing with, like, late-term pregnancy issues... It is the weirdest fucking thing to see human beings starting to like like little body parts starting to press up on the inside of a woman's body. It's basically that, just more uh-huh. severe, because um, he's trying to claw his way out of Angela's body at this point. Um, and as they do that, they they are more convi- or I guess uh, they both start chanting again and with more conviction at this point. Right. It works. They stop completely. The the thrashing inside Angela's body stops completely, and uh, Constantine looks at Chaz. He's like, "Good job, kid. We did it." And as Chaz is like, "Yeah, we did it," and he's about to do something similar that John Constantine did at the beginning of the movie. He's like, "You hear that asshole? Remember the name, Chaz. Chaz." And then right before he says his last name, something grabs Chaz from behind. Don't know what it is. Don't see it at all. Just uh, basically 
takes Chaz up to the ceiling, back to the ground, up to the ceiling, back to the ground. Basically pummels this kid into the ground. and Basically uh, does the, the Hulk Loki thing from the kinda, first Avengers yeah. with the puny god thing. Except instead of back and forth on the ground, it's up ceiling. Ceiling and ground, ceiling and ground, ceiling and ground. Um, Chaz is basically fucked up at this point. Constantine runs over to him. Chaz is coughing up blood. He's like, you're right, John. It's nothing like the books. And Chaz dies. Dies. Um, Chaz, or not Chaz, but Constantine's like pissed off at this point. We see him rip off like parts of his uh, like uh, sleeves. sleeves. And he just starts chanting into the light, I command thee. And you see him take both of his forearms, press them together. And he makes the whole like big giant version. And like I said earlier, I, what I found, it was the perfect... Red King tattoo is what I found. And it was dealt with in alchemy. It's uh, the symbol for sulfur and shit like that. But he's basically telling whoever... Half half is on each forearm. And for whatever reason, it doesn't like being together. No, it's it's not half. He's basically got smaller versions on each arm. It's just whenever he brings them both together, it's giant. It's a much bigger version. Oh, okay. I thought thought that it was like half of a whole symbol on each arm. And as he brings them closer and closer together, they don't really like it. And it's almost like magnetic repellent. And he does it like three or four times. And he finally gets them super close together. And then... And then as he does that, he's like, he, we see all this like uh, like darkness starting to swirl and shit around him. And as he does, and all the darkness is about to dissipate and the thing is about to come to light. Bam! Out comes Gabriel. Slams Constantine into the ground. Thus being the entity that killed Chaz... And we'll find out here in a second, the person pulling the, the strings of it all to try to get Manon out on Earth. Yep. And it's Gabriel's fault. Like, Gabriel, I believe, in, if I remember, in Christian mythology, um, I believe he's the herald of God. If I remember correctly, he's the one that says to Mary, like, you are... Uh, I think so. Like, the... A mother of the child of God or whatever the fuck. But yeah, Gabriel is basically like, look, you human humans do not appreciate what God fucking gave you. The only time you do appreciate life is whenever you're met with unparalleled horrors. Adversity. Adversity. And she's like, basically like, that's what man is going to show you. He's going to, with his horrors, he's going to bring you closer to God. And Gabriel's like, this is what I'm bringing to you. Well, the ones who survive anyway. Right. Um, and then what, yeah, she grabs him, picks him up by the throat and she's like, this is what I'm going to be doing. You will not know pain like you have before or something like that. And she basically blows at, um, Constantine and just all this gust of wind comes out, blows him to the back of the fucking room. Uh, like there are two separate rooms that they're in the room with the pool and the, like the waiting yeah. room area. She blows him back into that, closes the door off to the pool area. We see her kneel beside um, Rachel's or uh, Angela's body, holds up the spear of destiny, uh, says something to man. She's like, she basically tells man because he's clawing out still at this point. He basically tells her or tells man and's like, hold on just a minute, I'll get you out. Um, now she's about to stab Angela. Uh, we then cut to Constantine. He he's basically pleading to God at this point. He's like, I know I'm not welcome in your house, but you have to help me. I, I'm out of fucking ideas. I have no idea what's going to happen. Shit's about to go down and you're nowhere to be found. I need your help. Nothing happens. Constantine's like, fuck it. He Fine, I'll do it myself. Pretty much. He then sacrifices himself. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he says that. 
like, I think he does as well. He's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And you see him pick up a shard of glass, glass yeah. and slit his wrists. And yeah, and we just see blood starting to pull uh, on either side of him. And then all of time stops. And we don't know why. We don't know who's well, here. It cuts... It cuts back to yeah, and she's like seconds Gabriel. away from stabbing uh, Angela in the gut with man and or mammon in the in the abdomen area. All time stops. We don't know for who, and then we just hear like drips drips of like something sizzling as it hits the ground and shit. And then we just see feet descend into the uh, from the top covered, half of the camera that are covered in like black tar. Yes, and it's and then we cut to a wider shot and it's Peter Stormore fucking in like a off-white garb with like tar in his feet, like a tattoo of some sort swirling all over his body and shit. And he looks sinister as fuck as Satan. It's simple, but it's sinister as fuck as right, well. Right. It's because he also pulls up the same chair that Constantine had earlier and he basically tells John, 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 John. Uh, I would come out of hell to get you personally. I thought, I thought that you were smarter than this. Yes. Because he killed himself again. Yes. And it's like, you know, you're the only, you're the only soul that I would come to heaven to collect, or come to earth, earth to, to collect. collect myself. And Constantine's like, like, so I've heard. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> Which is where the foreshadowing comes in, kiddies. Right. Um, uh, and then Constantine tells him, like, how's the family? And <laughs> well, they ask it. He asks for a last request. Mm, that's right. And he's like, I don't know, a cigarette. And so he puts a cigarette in his mouth <laughs> and then uh, gives Constantine his lighter. Yeah, because he, he said, because Constantine, Constantine tries to light it, tries to tries to flip it open and he drops it. And, and Peter Stormore fucking he, makes fun of him. And <laughs> yes. it's like, it's kind of hard to do when all the tendons aren't connected, huh? He's like, here, here, I'll help you. <laughs> See, I'm not so bad. <laughs> and then as he's he says or you get you get thanks whenever he puts the cigarette in his mouth. And then after he lights it, you get thanks again. Yes. And then after he takes a drag off the cigarette, he's like, So, how's the family? <laughs> and he ends up Peter Stormore is like busy, 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 busy. <laughs> Giving, giving shit to the devil, which, which in the comics, um, Constantine did a lot. Yes. Like, um, he, uh, oh God, what the hell is his name? Raven's dad. The demon Lord with like six eyes. Yeah, 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 no, Starts with that. a T. I don't. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. I know who you're talking about. I'm picturing it, but I don't remember his name. Trigon. Trigon, okay. Um, he confronts Trigon at one point, which is a an entity that, like, destroys everything and uh, is, like, covered in a constant wreath of fire. Mm. And whenever Constantine is standing in front of him, he's like, you want to light my cigarette? <laughs> so like he has a, he has a tendency of doing that sort of thing where he you know is just a shit talker yeah, even yeah. to yeah. God and the devil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone that could literally rip him apart, put him back together and rip him apart all over again. He's just basically being like I'm going to take the shit out of you. I'm going to make you my bitch. 
Uh, but uh, long and short of it, Constantine tells him, like, look, your kid's in there in the other room with Gabriel, and he's about to be unleashed on this world, basically overshadowing your hell. And Satan's like, no, no, I don't believe you. What you're saying is fucking uh, just lies. You're a con and, man. And asks him, oh, I suppose because you're telling me this, you want an extension. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I mean, you can go check. Yes, you've waited is, on me. You've waited on me this long. What's 10 more seconds yes. or something like that? Uh, and then Satan, in a weird, creepy way, Peter Stormore exits that frame and just the... I fucking love Peter Stormore. He's one of those characters like... Uh, uh, what's his name? Pruitt uh, Vince, where he pops up in things, and he's just either very sinister, very hysterical. He was in the Bad Boys, the first Bad Boys movie. He was in the Arrowverse. Um, he's been in all types of things where he's always this like creepy Russian-like guy, where he just acts and says things in a very like sinister way. And the way he fucking acts in as Satan in this movie is very fucking. I really enjoyed it. Um, but he exits the frame, and we just hear his feet just run off to the other side of the room. And he doesn't even use doors properly. He just shatters the fucking door entirely. All this glass and debris are, like, floating in midair. And he sees his son about to burst out of Angela's midsection with Gabriel with the Spear of Destiny about to release him. He can't have this, so he quickly uh, grabs Angela out of the way as Gabriel stabs the ground, impales the Spear of Destiny into the ground as Angela... Uh, is moved out of the way. And can't find out why she missed. Right. Until she looks over and sees Satan. Yes. Uh, Little Horn is what she calls him. The most unclean. He's like, I do. And he titters. He like <laughs> he, yeah, he, <laughs> he snickers and shit. It's like, I do miss the old names. <laughs> um, and you know, Gabriel's like, in the name of God, I will smite thee. She goes to punch him. His hand, or his, her, uh, she's androgynous. Gabriel's hand. Um, stops millimeters away from uh, Satan's face, and he's like, looks like you don't have the big man's uh, back anymore. And all this like fire and brimstone comes out from behind Satan and just basically obliterates Gabriel's wings entirely. And knocks her into the pool. The pool. Um, and we then uh, cut back to Constantine bleeding out no, at this point. Um, he's holding... Oh, uh, that's right. Angela and is like, this is my earth will be mine in due time. Right. And we see a reflection of Angela and him and it's not Angela. It's Mammon being held by his father. Um, he's struggling to get out and shit. Um, and basically, uh, we see the reflection version of them. He releases, um, Satan releases, uh, the reflection version. He goes back into hell. He's like, back to hell with you. And, um, Angela is now perfectly fine. We cut back to the, them, uh, not in reflection form. Uh, Angela's fine. He basically tosses her to the ground. He goes back up to Constantine, who's near death at this point, continually to bleeding out. He's like, I suppose you want me to cure you or save you now. And he's like, nope. Uh, Isabel, the sister, I want you to send her back home. Um, she doesn't deserve to be in heaven, and Satan's a bit apprehensive. He mulls it over for a few seconds. She doesn't deserve to seconds. be in hell. He mulls it over for a few seconds, and he's like, fine, done. It's done. All right. And he grabs Constantine by the hand, starts dragging him away. I thought it was by the leg. No, it, 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 it's by the arm, because somebody made... Oh, that's made, right. That's right, it is. Because somebody made... Because it's with Satan's like left hand. Somebody made some sort of like comparison with 
like uh, God and Satan and Satan grabbing him with like the left hand or some shit. And I don't know why, but I don't remember why. Um, but Satan grabs him. He starts dragging him, and like like a few seconds after dragging him, his body gets stop. His body gets heavier. Yes, he tries to pull and him so some more. We see the tile on the floor starting to uh, being like turned up on the ground and shit, and like he's being like held there. Nothing that Satan does can pull him any closer. And then we just see all this like bright light appear out of nowhere in front of them, and. It's basically the heavens opening up for Constantine, and Satan puts two and two together. He's like self-sacrifice. Sacrifice. Uh, and as he's being ascended into heaven, Constantine has a big smile on his face, gives a big flips, fuck you flips to Satan. the devil off. <laughs> and as he does, and Satan's like, no, 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 you are mine, and then grabs Constantine. He's like, I will heal you. He reaches into Constantine's chest, pulls out the cancer from him, we see, uh, I don't think we see the, the slits on his wrist heal, but there's no more blood at that point, so right. presumably. So Satan basically saves Constantine because he's like, basically, you're going to fuck up again, and, and I'm gonna going to be, be there. Mine. Um, which is just brilliant. We, we see Satan after he releases uh, Constantine with like this tar and like lumps of shit in his hand and stuff. And it's just, a, and it, I, from the beginning to end, this movie just constantly like astounds me with like, the visuals of what they do in this movie. Because it's Satan saved Constantine for all intents and purposes, saved Constantine to basically fuck over Constantine later down the line. Right. Um, uh, Constantine coughs a few times. Get or no, he is like knocked out on the ground. We then cut to like a close up shot of his mouth and uh, like part of his face, and he starts breathing normally. There's no raspiness to it. There's no nothing. There's no right. coughing. He's perfectly fine at this point. He gets up at the same time. He gets up. Angela gets up. And it's just mass chaos all around him. He walks over to Angela. As he does, Gabriel pops out of the water, looks at uh, Constantine, looks at Gabriel. He's like, human, you're not worthy to be human. And Gabriel looks at Constantine. He's like, would you like to kill me? You would like to murder me right now. Do it. Let's do this. And she raises up out of the water some more. And she's holding a gun. She points it at her. She's like, just pull the trigger, John. Just murder me. I deserve to be murdered. She wants to go back to heaven pretty much. Um, and if she's murdered for revenge, she will. It's a direct line to heaven. Um, he basically is like, no, takes the gun, punches her in the face. And they do this amazing thing with Tilda Swinton. She punches, gets punched in the face. She reels from the punch. They hold on her face for well, a second. She doesn't, she doesn't react at first. Right. That's what I'm saying. She doesn't react at all. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, this fucking shit. And she covers her mouth and all this blood starting to come out and shit. And Constantine's like, that's pain. Get, Get used, used to, to it. it. <laughs> and they walk the fuck off. You could have shot me, John. <laughs> um, we then cut to uh, John and Angela on like a rooftop of some sort. And it's basically some time afterwards because they're all now cleaned up and everything. Right. Uh, Angela's there's, in a different outfit. There's completely. a voiceover of him saying something and you see the same movement you've seen multiple times throughout the movie. Oh well, before that, he we also see uh, him give her the spear of destiny. He tells her, "Oh yeah, don't hide tell, it. don't tell me, don't tell anybody. Just hide it where no one can find it." And then, uh, yeah, we get this scene of like uh, we get a shot from behind him, and we see him making the same motions as he would with like a peck of smokes. And we are assuming, well, he's just back at it again, which I would have probably preferred. Like uh-huh. Satan, he got saved from having lung cancer, and he's still doing the same thing because. Fuck anybody else telling John Constantine what to do. Right. I would have preferred that, but it was the early 2000s. If you remember, uh, those truth ads were huge back yep. in the day. 
And this movie was huge with a lot of youths and shit like myself. So obviously he went from smoking to chewing gum. And that's what he was doing uh, with his back to us. He was basically pulling out a piece of gum and shit. He pops in his mouth. He looks off into the, the city landscape and then cut to directed by Francis Lawrence. And it's a, that's the movie. That's the end of the movie. And it's a brilliant piece of um, just a snapshot of what Constantine could be in like a movie world. But I also want to point out this movie came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. The start of the MCU was in 2008. Do you know what this movie had, Ryan? The first post credit scene? Yes. This movie had the first post credit scene. It is Constantine walking up to Chaz's uh, tombstone, putting With the light. Angela. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. It's just Constantine. Is it? I thought she was there too. Nope. I, I, I did not find out about the after credit scene until like three hours before you showed up. I quickly watched it. It's just John Constantine. Okay. Walking up to Chaz's tombstone, laying the lighter on the tombstone. He said, you did good, kid. He starts to walk away. He hears some flapping in the wind. And it's Chaz on his tombstone. He is now an angel with the wings and all. He bolts up into the sky. And then that's the end of it. Yep. And it's, it's the beginning of the after credit scene. I know other movies have done that even before Constantine. But the comic book world, the MCU world right. is built on the after credit. Or not built on, but it's like a little like Easter egg type yep. thing. Um, and then, yeah, that's the end of the movie. And I really enjoyed this movie. Like I said earlier, this movie hit me at the right fucking time in my life. I was about to end high school and going to being a full-fledged adult at this point. Right. It just hit at the fucking perfect time. It was also the same year I met my wife, or who would later on become my wife, because by the end of that year, I met Sarah. Yep. It was just the, the, the swirling of fucking shit that happened in my life, of ending high school, entering into a relationship, and shit like that. It was just... This movie, I really uh, adore this movie. Even if people, like, there were years where I wouldn't fucking mention this movie around certain people because I knew they would fucking lose their shit because um, they would go on, like, a 10-minute tirade about how that wasn't John Constantine. He didn't have the blonde hair, the tan uh, overcoat, shit right. like that. I'm just like, I secretly, it was one of those, like, guilty pleasures of mine that I really enjoyed this movie. Well, like I said, I'd say for probably... I don't know, three or four years after this movie came out, it was just one of those, like, I went and watched it, and I was like, oh, yeah, it was okay. It was not the best. Right. And, um, but I I was never, like, super against him playing Constantine, because mm-hmm. at that point I hadn't, whenever I first watched it, I hadn't read a whole lot of Constantine stuff, so I wasn't super familiar with the character. I knew a little bit, of it, but... Yeah. But it wasn't something that I was, like, super attached to. Which I know is whenever we get into another movie series that's going to fucking take forever. The MCU? No. Uh, Bond. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? This so, is about, uh, I'd say, a little bit more than MCU. I think it's like 26, 27 yeah. movies. And there's about one new one about to come out at any moment. It was um, supposed to come out by now anyway, so... Um, but like, I didn't have the same visceral reaction mm. and you give me shit for this anyway. Like I have yet to watch any of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Did, have I ever given you shit about Daniel Craig? You give me shit about the reason because it's another one of those like, Oh, because he's blonde. Yes. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's right. I can play It's a blonde about. bond and I just, I couldn't get behind it, but that's because I grew up. 
Hey, Ryan, do you know the original incantation of Bond was blonde? Yes, I do. Bond, blonde, and with a scar across his face. So, I mean... But I grew up watching the Connerys and the Brosnans and all that stuff. So I had a visceral reaction to, like, no, that's not right. Like, (laughs) he's not supposed to look like... That's wrong. (laughs) You're bad at this, Daniel Craig. You're bad. And I've always said, as long as the character stays the same... And let's go into what we just talked about last week, Ryan. Right. As long as the character stays the same, I really don't... As long as it's not egregiously... Like, he has, like, fuchsia pink hair and, like, a bright blue jacket or some shit where it looks ridiculous. Right. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that reaction with, with this iteration of Constantine. But like I said, for probably three or four years, I didn't really respect Keanu Reeves as Mm. an actor. Um, until I started learning more about how he prepares and like, he like legit trains and shit and Mm -hmm. immerses himself in it. So like he had to do a pretty serious amount of research for this role and stuff. And uh, and yeah, I I really enjoy this movie. I think that it's it's very well done. It's not the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, but it's, it's a nice little flick to watch every so often. It's not one of those ones where you turn it on late at night to fall asleep to. It's one of those ones where if you do do that, you're going to be up an extra two hours. Right, because you're going to watch it because it's just fascinating. Obviously, they just gently touch on a few things, but what they do delve into is just really brilliant and everything so and like i said the guy that directed this ended up directing i am legend uh, right and the art direction for this movie is fucking gorgeous like yes all of the it's all just fucking yes. beautiful. Um, i get why some people may have a, a may brussel up against the blonde hair and tan coat not being in this movie but i'm also like it's not really what i need what I need is the actual character itself, and we got that in this movie for the most part. Up yes. until the up until the end, right. where, like you said, with the gum, like if he would have been smoking again, like I would have been perfectly con- fine for that. Continuing the the actual character, which is what I said at the beginning, like he's not a character who learns from his mistakes. Right, he's just that guy all the time. Right. So, uh, anyway. The Rotten Tomato score on this movie is the critic score is 46%. The audience score is 72%. But before I even looked into what it was, I knew it wasn't going to be highly favored with critics because I remember whenever this movie came out, people hated this movie. Yep. Um, the budget for this movie was $100 million. Domestically, it made $29.8 million. Internationally, it made $154.9 million. Altogether, $230.9 million. So it made a good chunk of change. I think it, the reason it didn't get a sequel is because of the critic reaction. And this yeah. movie even had, like, a game tie-in. Like, this was early on in, like, those, like, comic book movies that were adapts, adaptations into movies also had a comic book adaptation video game. Like, right. like the first few MCU movies. Like, the uh, Iron Man movies had a few uh, video game tie-ins. Same with Cap and yep. Thor. I think it stopped at Thor. Or maybe Cap. Whatever one. Anyway, uh, but yeah, they don't do that a whole lot anymore just because I guess it's not cost effective. Now they just do their own thing like the, uh, the yeah. where Square Enix had their own Avengers uh, game yep. come out a few, I'd say about six months ago yep. uh, in tandem with uh, movies coming out on Blu-ray and shit. But anyway, like I said, I really enjoy this movie. I hope everyone goes and check this movie out, uh, even if after hearing it's, all our it's shit. It's definitely worth a watch. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I got. And that's all I've got. Make sure to comment, rate, subscribe, do all the normal stuff. Uh, tell us what you think. Uh, tell us if you think that there's a series that you want to hear us 
Which are, we deconstruct. Should, we, I should also mention our next series that we're going to jump into, which dovetails nicely in from what we're doing this week into what we're doing in the next few weeks. For the next f- month, we're going to be doing the Indiana Jones movies. And the reason I say that is because obviously the Indiana Jones movies deal with a lot of religious iconography, yep. uh, sigils and shit like that. And the very last movie... Shia LaBeouf. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram uh, at... Nerdian or Nerdinian, however you want to pronounce it. And you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at that wanker. And remember, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, then you'll never make it through the night. (laughs) 